0: You're listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network on bingemedia.net. And now, the Binge Aftertaste.
1: Binge Movie Aftertaste, Halloween Retrospective.
0: I have something you might like to see.
1: Join Garrett as he welcomes back filmmakers Doug Wicker and Jason Morris as they look at each film of the Halloween franchise. Listen as they review the newly released David Gordon Green directed film and then dissect, not to mention argue about what works and what doesn't in this Return to Glory for John Carpenter and Company.
2: All this hiding, all this preparation, it was
1: for nothing. Does The Shape have a reason to celebrate? What are the merits of a film done by the guys behind the Pineapple Express? The answer to these questions and many more are coming up courtesy of Binge Media.
2: Say goodbye to Michael
3: and get over it.
1: Halloween Kills released
2: October 15th, 2021, budget on this was $20 million. Box office, $57.7 million. This was directed by David Gordon Green. Guys, screw Christopher Nolan, screw James Bond. Michael Myers is saving cinemas this year. (laughs) I cannot believe this thing has made over $50 million. I am joined by two gentlemen who... You know, normally when we get on the line, whether we are on the air or not, we usually yell at each other, and I have a feeling that this will not be any different. First of all, the one and only Doug Wicker. What's up, Doug?
3: Not much. What's going on?
2: Been a long time, and my one-time partner in crime, still very supportive friend in the film business, the one and only Jason Morris. What's up,
4: Jason? How's it going, fellas? It has been a long time, hasn't it? It's been three years. I think it's been two years. Three years? Has it been Three, three years. years yeah.
2: 2018, yeah. Yeah, it did. was. Yeah. Oh, my God. This was supposed to come out two years later, and we get it three years later because, well, there was a little bit of a pandemic going on.
4: Uh, really? What was that about? I didn't hear about this pandemic <laughs> yeah. thing.
2: Kind of crazy. I think it's a, I think it's a hoax. I think it's a hoax. Um, <laughs> now, last time we got on the air, guys, to prepare for this podcast, I didn't go back and watch the entire franchise. But I did listen to our Halloween 2018 review. And I must say, Jason, it was kind of adorable the way you really defended that movie. When me and Doug were ravaging against it, and by the end you were like, fuck it.
4: Now, when this movie was coming, I, I seem to maybe remember defending maybe one of Rob's zombies.
2: <laughs> no.
4: I can't remember. <laughs> uh, if I defended 2018, I must have a brain tumor. <laughs>
2: wow. So going back, did you rewatch that movie for this, or...? No. No.
4: So I had no desire. You
2: have changed your stance on this. What What made you change that stance?
4: I'm not sure because honestly, I don't. I don't recall liking it. I, I recall having huge issues with that movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But but maybe I need to go back and listen to that podcast to refresh myself because I recall loathing it. Wow. <laughs> I recall having issues with the baby crying and like the the uh, the therapist guy and like all kinds of shit. Yeah, <laughs> the podcasters in the movie. Like I I recall having major issues with it. So I, I, I really need to go back and listen to that. You have my interest so peaked right now. <laughs> um, Let's go back and listen to
2: Now, were you looking forward to this release at all? We, we did the entire series, and we liked a, a, lot of, a few of those movies. Um, did you have any faith that this would restore any sort of uh, things about those
4: original movies that we liked? Not at all. Um, I w- I always look forward to seeing horror films in the theater, though. So I, it's not like I was not going to see it. Um, and I love Halloween, um, like the time of year, the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm am not a massive like Halloween fan, but I do like Halloween quite a bit, especially the original and a few of the few of the other sequels and whatnot. Uh, as Doug knows, and you guys know, uh, episode six is one of my.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, I like that a lot.
3: Uh, he's an apologetic. In
4: the thing, and... <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that kind of shit So Yeah um, I, I had I had zero um, Faith that this would Restore anything Because uh, I didn't Like I, I, I you got me Doubting myself At this point <laughs> <I would> say,
2: <laughs>
4: Doug am <laughs> I Am I misremembering I this
2: like... I, Come on <laughs> Well It's been
3: three years So I mean that's, I'm sure a lot of people Like for, mis- for instance Like I remember Having big issues With like uh, The Sarkhan stuff The like The psychologist, like, that whole twist really didn't work for me very well. Like, it was a whole, it was a really clumsy, clunky way of handling getting Michael to Laurie's house for that finale. But I, for the most part, enjoyed the movie, Uh, you know, quite a bit. Since then, man, it seems like I've seen it, you ever have those movies where, like, you just keep going with people to see movies, or for some reason, that's the movie they want to watch, and next thing you know, you've seen the same movie, like,
4: four or five times. Yeah, but that usually happens with good movies. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and
3: I, this, this, this is the case for me. Like for some reason, like 2018 Halloween, I ended up seeing like five, like within a calendar year, I probably saw it five or six times. Wow. Oh. Yeah, so it's like some, some of the stuff you know that really bothered me in the first place It's kind of like after a little while, it's you pick up on some small breadcrumbs that really weren't, hand, like weren't doled out very well. They were like, okay, like, that shit was there. Like, they plotted it well. Like, not well, but they plotted it. Like, they wanted the audience to be there, but they also didn't want it to, like, be telegraphed to them. But at the same time, it's like, you know, yeah, some of this stuff's settled. Some of my issues have settled. You know, the moments that I came there for, I did. But, uh, you know... I'd say, like, definitely I feel much more mixed about Halloween
2: Kills than I do the 2018 one. Okay,
4: so— I'm excited to hear yes, what you're mixed
2: yes, So are. am I. <laughs> so am I. This next hour and a half should be interesting. Um, now, did you—were you looking forward to this, Doug? You, you obviously had issues with uh, 18 as well, even though you'd seen it five, six times in a year. <laughs> did you—were you, yeah. were you, were you actually looking forward so, to this?
3: Yeah, like I said, 2018
2: grew on me, and I, you know,
3: I'll I'll say I I like it now. Like, I still like that stuff, still just kind of like, God, you know, if you could rewrite it, it would be great, and go back in time and fix that shit, but it is what it is. It's permanent, but I was looking forward to this, and I mean, honestly, it's like I, I think of the big three, like, you know, Michael's my dude now. I have just over the last five years especially, and especially since our, like, marathon episode going through it, I've kind of just accepted that like, there really aren't that many great Halloween movies, like the installments. There's a lot more misses than hits, in my opinion, and there's some that are like really good, and there's some that are pretty mediocre, and then there's some that are borderline unwatchable. All
2: right, so this re- the release of this movie was interesting. They decided to simultaneously put this both in theaters and on the Peacock uh, streaming service. This was actually a Jason Blum idea because he had released a movie called freaked last year, uh, post pandemic that didn't do so well. He released it exclusively to theaters and he decided that I'll just go ahead and put this on a streaming service as well and not make it exclusively for theaters. And lo and behold, this fucker has made almost $60 million. That is incredible to me. Um, Jason, as a filmmaker yourself, I mean, what do you feel about that? When you know we have the HBO Max deal and all that going on this year, does that hamper a movie's ability? Like,
4: what is the end game with that? Well, I think that um, for the viewer, there's two different. I think there's there's really two different aspects. There's probably actually three different aspects to it that matter. Um, And I think uh, ultimately the viewers and where their money is spent is what matters the most um and and with something as i think uh well received for the most part um halloween 2018 was uh it made sense and i i personally liked freaky i I didn't think that was a terrible movie or anything i think it was what you know was one of those things wasn't trying to be something it wasn't um and i thought it worked pretty well um but, uh, I mean, if nobody went saw solid, nobody went solid. You know, what can you do? So I, I kind of commend uh, these studios or anybody that decides to sort of try these new ways of doing things um, as far as, like, their business model goes. Uh, and I think that um, the viewers turned out for Halloween. And uh, there's other films. I mean, this isn't, like, the first film that's done this. So there's plenty of them, you know, with HBO Max and The Peacock and things like that. Uh, Amazon Studios, all of them are doing it. Um, and there's other ones that, that nobody turned out for on, in either platform, whether it was uh, streaming or at the theater. Um, so I think it ultimately it comes down to what we're anticipating more than anything. Now, I don't think that the, the idea behind greenlighting a movie has changed much. Um, you know, it just kind of goes with the wind. What people are going to go watch at that moment, you know, whether it's sequels, remakes, reboots, uh, horror films, you know, or comedies, or whatever the you know the wind has changed to at the moment. Yeah. That's what people are going to watch, I guess, for the most part. Um, and uh, I feel like I think Blum made a, a good move doing that because I think he knew that people were going to want to watch it. They were going to watch it one way or the other. Me personally, I even if I have all those streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm ashamed to say, because I watch, like, none of them. Yeah. Um, so they're just kind of taking my money, and I feel like I'm in that same sort of uh, issue with having cable, you know, paying whatever, $200 a month or whatever it was, you know, and having five billion channels that you don't watch. I'm, I'm still in that same fucking boat, and I hate it. Um, so I don't, cause I don't watch these new movies coming out on the streaming services, but I go to the theater because I like going to the theater, um, as long as there's a good crowd, which... That's the one amazing thing going to see this movie that we had was a good crowd. I just, I, I'm not, I think he did a great job uh, making that decision to, to split the, the release that way. Um, I know there's a lot of haters about that and a lot of uh, theater snobs and, you know, a lot, a lot of issues with that and, and revenue and whatnot, but I think that was a good choice.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, I was watching a documentary on HBO the other day. I DVR'd it. And obviously when you DVR, they always have previews for movies that are coming up on HBO or whatever. And then there was that one Angelina Jolie movie that they released simultaneously mm-hmm. on a streaming service on HBO Max and at theaters. And I had completely forgotten about it. I think that came and went with the whimper as well. So it's a good point. Some of them, yeah. even when they're sent straight to streaming, nobody watches them. Um, yeah. Now... Me and Jason um we obviously went to theaters to see this. I went uh it was Sunday, I believe. I it was oh no, Saturday. I went Saturday Saturday during the day. It was a matinee show. Uh the Dolby Atmos theater. It was a really nice experience. Uh, I went with my girlfriend and best friend who uh, also um announces for this show. Uh the two of us went and uh halfway decent crowd. It was halfway full. I um Definitely an interesting theater going experience. Me and Jason both went to the theaters. Doug, did you see this in theaters?
3: Yeah, I saw the theaters. I saw it last Friday.
2: Okay. Decent crowd?
3: And so it was kinda of, it was kind of a similar it was a similar decision as you said, like I kinda of, I definitely it's one of those things where this is the kind of movie you wanna see with the crowd. I knew that the score and the sound design was gonna be really ramped up, so I wanted to get that full, like really immersive experience with it. Uh, knowing just like the scale of what they were trying to accomplish, it seemed like it would be, you know, something, you know, like I said, I was looking forward to it, in all honesty, because I look forward to Michael Myers. Like, I, I keep hoping, with bated breath, that each installment will be better than the last and that we'll somehow crack the code of what makes a perfect Halloween
2: movie. Yeah, I saw it in theaters and then I did watch it two more times on Peacock just so I could take notes and do all the little things that I do to prepare for these shows. And uh, that's one reason I am glad that some of these movies that I'm reviewing for this show are on the streaming services as well, because, you know, instead of going to like this little theater, I usually go to, I'll go to the big ones to see, to experience it. And then I'll go to the little ones to take notes and whatever. I don't have to do that with these streaming services. I could just watch it and, you know, take notes right at home, which, uh, which works. (laughs)
3: I know Blum's like said that with you know you guys are talking about about the underperformance of Freaky and then you know having Halloween Kills do the same day and date approach, but I think it's kind of unfair to also hold Freaky to the same standard as like an IP like uh, you know Halloween because it's, there's a built-in audience for this movie. It's going to perform well. I also think that you know last year was a different year than this year. I think a lot more people are more comfortable going to theaters than last year. And also the simple fact of the matter being, like, I don't know that Peacock has as strong of an audience to say, like, Netflix or even HBO Max at this point. I think that those streaming platforms have a much greater grasp. I kind of feel like this move is to help build Peacock into a real competitive network. Yeah. Absolutely. But other than that, yeah, I don't personally pull one way to the other. I think it's kind of like we're living in an age where it's the consumer that ultimately has the say. If people want to watch it at home, then let them do it. If they want to prioritize it and sit in the theater, that's where we are.
2: All right. So since three of us had theater-going experiences, let's see how our experiences went. We uh, start off with, I'm going to go ahead and say, another great Carpenter score. This piece that opens this film just sets the mood perfectly. Um, I don't know how much input Carpenter had in this movie, honestly. I don't know if he signed that dotted line just so he could afford his front row tickets at Laker games or, you know, if he had any input in the creative aspects of this, but in the music side, he once again comes through. You guys agree with that? Oh, 100%. Like, as soon as I heard the first track for this, I was really happy with his
3: direction for it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think that the score was pretty amazing. I uh, I slept on uh, buying the LP. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to pick it up eventually because that was the one major thing that I noticed while watching the movie was almost every cut. I was just like, wow, that's that's really cool. And all the, the you know, the, obviously there, anytime he does like uh, the Halloween movies, apparently he's doing like these throwbacks to the original score, but this one he really kept it even more interesting than he did in the, uh, the 2018 one, which I also liked the score to that as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we see Cameron from the last film saying he messed up with Allison, and then he sees his friend strung up, and then he sees an officer down. Now, this cop is Officer Hawkins, and we get a flashback to the first Halloween film with similar filters and everything. So the last time I saw something like this done, it was in a movie that I didn't really like called Terminator Genesis. Um, How do you guys like the flashback approach to this movie?
3: Are we talking about, like, their actual execution of it or how it fits into the story? Both. Okay. So, execution-wise, uh, you know, when you when they're reaching back like that, and especially jumping from a contemporary phone back into a flashback, and more so, like, trying to intercut it in a way that feels fluid with the original movie, I'll give them credit. I think they did a pretty good job of nailing that look. Like, I don't know how, you know, I don't know if they shot digitally and tried to match it to that old film look, but... It has, like, a similar quality grain and a similar quality look uh, as of the original. I think some of the costuming and stuff's pretty solid, but it's still kind of, like, a little jarring to see kind of, like, modern, you know, kind of modern performances and stuff like that stacked against uh, the original film. But I, I, I was okay with it. Where it fit for the film, it felt like one of the things you do when you back yourself in a corner writing. Yeah. And you don't know what to do with the... Uh, you just you just start changing things almost like revisionist in, in order to introduce you new know, you know directions to take the story.
4: See, I I kind of disagree on that because I feel like that they already had that plan. I think they had that plan from the beginning because they were initially going to shoot the 2018 and this one at the same time. Um, so I'm pretty certain that they already had that sort of they, they didn't. I don't want to give them credit for being good screenwriters because I think that these scripts are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of those things that I think that they did plan. Um, however, I I don't think they did a great job with the execution, only from an audience perspective because I did not know we were in a flashback. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm watching the movie and then wait, what? He's calling him Hawkins. Wait, what's happening? What? What? I'm like, what? Why is Loomis here? Yeah. And I was like, I'm the, freaking the, out. I'm like, I'm side, like, what the
3: fuck is happening? <laughs> this sideburns didn't get
4: you. No, it did not, because people are doing all kinds of crazy shit these days. Like, well, you know, no. I,
3: And I mean, when I say revisionist, I don't mean to their, their aspect of the movies. I mean, like, going back to the original film, altering things about the original film in order mm-hmm. to get themselves out of some holes with the modern, with the ones are working on now.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that, that sort of, uh, when you kind of deep dive into the storylines and you figure out where you can place things like that... Um, I thought that was a brilliant idea. It's nothing new. I mean, we've definitely seen that sort of thing before.
3: It just seemed to me like one of those things. that's like look, we're going to go back in time to the original film and, and interject some stuff in order to change the course of where we need to go.
4: Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a retconning, but I mean, it, it like the way that they did it was was fine. It, it worked. My only qualm with it really was uh, I, I didn't know when we went into the flashback. So it was, it was jarring to me at first. And then I'm like, okay, whoa, we're in a flashback. That's what's happening. And like, I felt stupid. <laughs> <laughs> real, real quick
3: though, can, can we talk quickly? Did you guys have like, every time, like, I I, I can't tell like if, Loomis on screen was good. But um, I had like, I had like an uncanny valley kind of thing going on. where like I'm looking at him. I'm like, that's, like I know that's not Donald Pleasant's. Like this no. doesn't make
4: sense. No,
2: they what they did so what they her, did was they got an actor and they they put makeup on it. That's all makeup. And they got an actor who yeah. looked a lot like him from back then and he just and instead of they didn't CGI anything. This is all uh, yeah. practical stuff.
3: Yeah, that's what okay. I was fucking I kept looking yeah. for the scenes but I was having a really hard time seeing them. So I mean that does make sense and I think in that sense that I like, think it's just my opinion and I could be wrong to a lot of people, but like I thought they did pretty well. I did too, actually.
2: Look
1: Yes,
3: like, I was pretty, like, because it, like, fucked me up. I'm like, like, I know this isn't reused footage, but I also don't see, like, you know, like, a CG, like, Star Wars kind of situation. Yeah. Like, this looks like, it looks like a real person.
4: Yeah, I, you know, I I think when he first came through the door, I think I was so kind of, I don't want to say shocked, but I was sort of like... I was shocked more that we were in a flashback because that's when I realized it when it comes to the door. (laughs) So at that point when he came to the door, I was like, holy crap. Like, it really – I thought it was like some CGI or whatever it was. Like, I I didn't read anything about the movie beforehand. Um, So I I didn't know about the makeup, but I've seen that since, and they did an amazing job on it. Going back to this flashback, though, um, I did want to say one thing that bothered me about the Loomis character – is that even though he's out to like like there's a certain point in the Halloween movie where he's no longer trying to help Michael recapture him and, you know, make him better kind of thing. He's he's out to kill him. You know. Oh, wow. But it's not cold blooded murder kill him. And that's kinda of like what happens at the end of this flashback that kinda of bothered me, is that like Loomis is like you know, he's ready to just like cold blood kill him.
0: Oh yeah. And that's, yeah
4: this seems a little out of character for me. Like that was the one little point that kind of bothered me, and I could be wrong because I would probably need to go back and watch all the other Halloween films to kind of see if that was his motivation or if he, if his character would do something like that. But that kind of threw me a little bit.
3: Oh yeah, it's like it's cold blooded, like execution style. In right. This scene. Like he's got they got him down on his knees, and he's prone, and like there's, it isn't like a you know I'm defending myself argument. He's gonna fucking cap one in Michael.
4: Right, yeah, that that fell off to me. And then, like, I, it was interesting. I don't know if interesting is the right word, but they used that exact idea later on for the Hawking's character. And I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and that sort of threw me again. So, like, I thought that didn't – that was – but, okay. And then he's also doing it. So, I had two people there that were going to execute him kind of thing. It was all a little weird and funky to me. But it's almost it, like it they does. were sort of retconning their retcon on a way, I guess.
3: Evil dies tonight, Jason.
4: Oh my gosh. You know, I, uh, I don't know if it's really to get into the Anthony Michael Hall situation. I feel really bad for the dude because I, I really admire him. I think he's a good actor. I, I like him in just about everything he's in. Um, I mean, he's not like some A list star or anything, but I enjoyed, you know, his older stuff and even, um, you know, the, what was the TV show, uh, the, the Christian Walken remake show? Oh, um, Dead Zone. Dead Zone, yeah, you know, yeah, I enjoyed that and I, I, like when he shows up. I, I, they fucked him over in this movie. I think, uh, they need to give him a fucking call and be like, "Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, wrote, we wrote you a shitty character. We directed you poorly. We let you do shit that we shouldn't, and we edited it bad." <laughs> like that, that dude needs like an apology from everybody involved, in my opinion.
3: No, I agree with you. I feel like it starts with promise, and then he completely loses direction on where they take him. Yeah, so is, it,
4: you how it was so almost funny. like I. It, they, he, he really did start with promise and that was like it was exciting, but even from that beginning, like the editing was terrible in that whole scene. it was so over overdone, yeah, that it was just kind of like, okay, they're screwing this up already, and that sucks because that had some potential and and then it just keeps getting worse for him and worse for him and worse for him and it was just like and, and you know it, it felt more like a uh, silver bullet. I don't know if you remember that, like the whole town going after that. I mean, that was so silver bullet to me.
2: Yeah, we'll, the we'll, the we'll get there. Path, the we'll, we're we're okay. getting there, guys. Let's go I knew th- I was jumping ahead. Yeah, you guys are. You guys are really jumping ahead here. Let me let's just move yeah, on with the plot. The
3: first. Yeah, this isn't the first angry mob Michael Myers movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll we'll, we'll right, get to right. that. We'll get to that. Let Let me yeah. just go back to this flashback, Jason, and let me just say that. I don't like the idea of taking a character who was essentially a background character from the first movie all those years ago and just creating a story around it. Like like you said, Jason, like retroconning it. Like this was this was just a weird approach to me.
4: Yeah, I you know, I can I can totally see that and I'm I'm a little bit indifferent to it because and I think the only reason why I'm indifferent to it is because he's in the two thousand eighteen movie. And so I didn't really once you get to the sequel and they're retconning it didn't bother me as much because you know this guy, you know the character a little bit more. It's not, like, as out of the blue as if they did that in the 2018 movie. If they That's had done true. it then, I would have been like, ah, oh, fuck this, you know? Um, and he also
3: has that whole bit in the first movie where he's like, I was there and I could have done something about it, and he didn't do anything
4: yeah, about it, it. When I was watching that, I'm like, wait, were you, was he, was Patton in the first fucking movie? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, yeah, like, really, like, I... And I remember going home, I don't get, I don't remember what I found out, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I went home yeah. and researched it at the time, because I was like, oh, okay.
3: <laughs> and you know, you know what, like, I just want to brag real quick that I think Will Patton's brilliant casting. Like, I love that dude when he's on shit, so it's like, it's nice to see him have more to do than normal. Mm-hmm.
1: He's so great. Like, he's
3: on... Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's like, he's, he was never a bad actor. Like, I've never seen him anything where like I'm like, oh man, he could have done a little bit better there, bud. I said it's like this dude. Just, like I feel like he's always swinging for the fences when yeah.
4: he's on stage Yeah, he's a, he's a solid actor. I feel like he he could be made to be a bit goofy,
0: mm-hmm.
4: but he always holds his own. Like even even when they try to give him like kind of goofy shit. Um, he yes. just—he's he, just a solid actor, and he was really great in this movie. He's, he's in my opinion, above anybody else in this film. He's the standout mm-hmm. uh, actor and, and performance in this.
3: Even with 2018, like I put him and like Jamie Lee Curtis, like those two really were the shining stars. And uh, I cannot pronounce her last name, but the granddaughter. Yeah,
2: yeah. Speaking of goofy shit, we see Lonnie get picked on and shoved down. To which the bullies say, "This is what you get when you fuck with the Milanis. <laughs> Guys, is it just me, or is the dialogue in this movie worse than ever?
4: We're going to get you. We're going to get you. <laughs> like, well, I wanted a yeah. camera made by Rob Zombie, honestly. Yeah.
2: Oh, I had a lot of Rob <laughs> Zombie flashbacks during this movie. <laughs> that dialogue reminded me of uh, Odoyle Rules from uh, Right,
4: Elizabeth
2: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's funny.
3: Exactly, yeah,
0: yeah, it's, exactly
4: it's funny really you mention
2: that kind of comedy because you know we do have Danny McBride writing this, and yes, he did say he's a huge fan of the series. He's a huge horror fan, but every once in a while, that sensibility shines through, and I think in this one, especially, I didn't feel it as much in the last one. This one, it's it's really evident how much is him and how oh, much, oh yeah, him. yeah.
4: I almost feel like they forced him to pull back in the first one, and he really got away with the uh, the kid being babysat, mm-hmm. yes. being babysat, yeah. um, is like his one sort of like over-the-top yeah, moment, yeah. but it's yeah, so- several, like Little John, Big John, oh, uh, and the, yeah. the uh, Doyle uh, do Roll scene, <laughs> as it should be dubbed now. Somebody needs to make a meme for that, cause that's uh, but yeah, there's there's so many things that mm. you can just, I mean, I don't know if it's him, obviously, but I mean, you get you have a pretty good idea, him. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, there's, he's got
3: a very singular writing voice, and like you said, that kid in the first in the 2018, it's
1: like, that is
3: Danny McBride dialogue, 100%, uh-huh. <laughs> and there's at least three or four major sequences, not even scenes, like there's entire like, blocks of like five or ten, it's almost like each writer was taking turns writing and turning over their, their parts of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you
3: could always tell when it's McBride's writing because it's, like, it just has that, like, edge to the dialogue that is very, like, you know, idiosyncratic to him.
4: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because I feel that way almost about the direction of the movie, too. I oh, feel yeah. like the direction is so choppy. Absolutely. That it feels like multiple people direct this movie. And it would not surprise me at all if years from now that stories of that kind of shit comes out like poltergeist or something like that. There's so many things that are uneven in the direction that's where, and, and the other thing is like, um, about the direction is that it does not feel like a Halloween movie. Like this does not feel like it takes place in Halloween. There's, n- there's no atmosphere mm-hmm. other than that one, like bird's eye view or, uh, uh, the kids, you know, walking into the street or whatever. Um, can't remember his name, but, uh, uh, Anyway, uh, there's, there's very little like atmosphere in terms of that. And that, that's very disappointing, but it just, it feels very uneven and like it's directed by multiple people. Definitely agree with that. And I've listened to a
2: few David Gordon Green interviews in the last week or so to kind of prepare for this. And he has been pretty coy about, you know, he has said, you know, we're, I'm working with the master of Carpenter to bring the best vision possible. And, you know, but he never did once say that it was a joy bringing this vision to screen and, you know, when Zombie was doing his, he kind of, he was, he was the same way, just being coy about not even saying that. So I, I do think you're right, Jason. I think there are multiple visions involved here.
3: At first, like, you know, there's things about the 2018 direction that felt kind of weird for this kind of, mo- you know, it felt modern for a movie that's also trying to be pro but at least stylistically it was very consistent. And there was moments where it's like, here's a guy that's like going to show you what he can do with like this genre. Like, to me, I think, hands down, one of the greatest, like, of the last probably 20 years of this character, even horror, is the sequence when Michael first arrives in Haddonfield, and you have that Warner tracking in and out of the house. It's the baby bit that Jason has an issue with, but, like, if you want to just step aside from, like, the small singular moments, it's that killer shark going through the ocean one take, like, picking and choosing and being selective, like, like, I think that one sequence embodies Michael Myers better than anything in the last 20 years has.
4: I would agree with that. I, I do think that was a great sequence, and I think it was overshadowed and ruined by the baby. Um, yeah, did did I tell
3: you that that baby is Jamie Lee Curtis' voice?
4: No, really?
3: <laughs> yeah, she, she, I was at the premiere for that, and she was like, yeah, yeah, that baby is actually me, and then did the baby voice, and it was really hilarious and weird.
4: That's funny.
2: <laughs> Lonnie once again falls, but when he wakes up, he sees Michael walking toward him. And he's begging him not yeah, to kill weird. him. And when he looks up, there are cops there. I do like the mood settling in here, but this set of events, it just seems really off to me. Like we're setting up a boogeyman, but we are not setting up any real suspense. Or is that just me?
4: No, I agree with you. And that goes back to my issue with like the baby uh, in the first movie. This is basically the same thing. Like why? why yeah. doesn't he, if he's mindless evil, why does he not kill the kid? like yeah uh, it doesn't make any sense to me um i i agree though that this is the one piece of atmosphere i guess where it's f- feeling better because that's like right before that bird's eye view i was mm-hmm. talking about uh i just forgot the characters it's Lonnie right yeah is that his name? um yeah that, that that little sequence is probably my favorite atmospherically but it fills it fills off there's yeah. just something wrong with that there's no suspense between him getting beat up by the asshole kids and then up to this moment, and then it's just kind of, like, done with, and somehow this dude's traumatized because somebody stared at him for a minute. You know, I faced Michael. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> he was <laughs> on the ground, and then he was gone. Like, you know, and I mean. at that
3: point, he didn't really even know, because it's supposed to happen the same night. You wouldn't really even know who Michael is at that point. It right. would really be a precedent. Until later on when you're like, oh, fuck, it's
4: that guy. Yeah. yeah, no, like 10 seconds earlier, he's you know being told that, oh, there's a there's somebody on the loose or whatever. I don't remember what the dog is. <laughs> yeah, <right.
2: laughs>
4: You know, for all he knows, it's just a fucking trick-or-treater, or, yeah. you know, some Absolutely. asshole or whatever.
2: We see one bit of suspense closed that people have been wondering for years and years. We see that the dog from the first film uh, is, uh, I don't know, eaten, killed? Like, he's just <laughs> right there in the fucking middle of the room. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, the cop sees a footprint and then is attacked by Michael. And finally, after this many movies, I am seeing them, at least in this portion of the film, get Michael's mask right. <laughs> they, they finally got his mask right here. Like we, we, we were complaining in all those sequels that, man, the mask is just weird in this. And here we're seeing yeah. that they got the 1978 mask very well down, I think. <laughs>
3: It's damn accurate. Like,
2: uh-huh. you, you remember you
3: remember in H2O when they did the C D yeah. mask? Yeah. Oh,
2: God. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. So it's like every time I see the mask, I'm always like, when it's accurate like this, it actually, it's like the Loomis thing like all over again, where it's like, the if it's accurate and done well, it like kind of fucks you up.
0: Because
1: <laughs>
3: uh-huh. <laughs> no. I've seen it done badly so many times that I, I don't even know that it's capable to be done right. At this point, I've considered it a loss for anyone to even try. Hmm.
4: Like, before the movie came out, I started seeing, you know, all the publicity posters and things like that, right? And uh, it was also building up to the time Shatner's being launched into space.
0: Oh, Um,
4: So, I I don't know if it's a mental sort of thing, but the artwork, it, it really looked like to me that they were trying really hard to make it look like Shatner. And, and I feel like that's that was the direction that they were trying because I mean obviously it's Shatner mask right, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that's what it really felt like because if you look at some of those pieces of artwork like the official stuff, it really really looks like him. yeah, um, and I just feel like that's what their goal was and they, and they got it right. It does look great. It's a great looking mask mm-hmm. and I think 2018 was good too. Like that, I agree. They all worked.
2: Hawkins sees his friend die as Cops and Loomis linger by and we get a slow pull out of Michael on the lawn, very similar to that first film with the boy on the lawn and the launch Which is my into favorite the favorite
3: shot credits. in the whole series. Yeah, show. me too. Me, like, That's a- to on the yeah.
2: yeah. I, I like it was my favorite shot of this film too, honestly. Um yes.
4: I was missing the uh, POV, like some sort of POV. Yeah. That was the only thing that was really missing. Um, I mean, obviously those are all both of those are great shots, but that was the one sort of – I would have loved to have some sort of throwback there to that.
2: We flash forward to Halloween night 2018 as Tommy takes the stage, except it's not Paul Rudd but Anthony Michael Hall. This was an interesting change, huh, changing this character. And apparently he hangs out with the nurse from the first film, and <laughs> we have a whole slew of characters right here. <laughs> what do you guys age- think about this? This was really weird to me.
4: I'm going to say Halloween 6 got all of that right. All right paul rudd as tommy doyle worked the the nurse coming back in that film worked uh regardless of the whole thorn story any of that stuff put that shit aside they got tommy doyle if they were going to bring him into the story they got it right all right and they they respectively uh respectively used the nurse from the first movie uh and killed her off and I that, that was very fitting i was disappointed that they used her again in this, but I thought it was great, because I was like, hey, you know, she's an actress, she needs to work, that's awesome, you know, paycheck, kind of thing. But as far as, like, the character being there, and this whole sort of, like, woe is I, we've all faced Michael, let's get together every year, and, I don't know, all be in one spot so we can be murdered at the same time, that was a little weird. Like, I don't think any of those people would be hanging out together, Um, you know, flash forward 40 years later, or whatever it is. Um, So I thought that was... A little strange to me. I get the concept and the idea and all that, but it's just odd to me. I don't think that, that would actually happen.
2: I love, in the eight years that I've known you, I think our very first conversation involved you defending Halloween 6. And you have not wavered from <laughs> that in
0: all I will.
4: eight it's years. The, it's the same with Alien 3. I'm not going to. Like, the, I think those are well-made films. Uh, yeah. Regardless if you don't like them, they're they're well-made movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept
3: waiting for Jason to tell his flashbacks. He's like, I didn't know I was in a flashback. Didn't know I was in a flashback. <laughs> I kept waiting for that earlier. For him to be like, yeah, and then and carnage
2: started fighting, and it really fucking <laughs> did Doug, what would you think of this, sir, this scene in the uh, bar?
3: It's awkward. It's a very weird piece. Like the whole sequence is, it's like Jason said, it's kind of like, to me, it feels like a reason to bring these veteran actors from the original film and put them in one space and try and find the most like holistic reason for them to be together.
0: Mm-hmm. Because it's
3: like, it's otherwise it's like, kind of has that awkward Thanksgiving kind of thing going on where it's like, oh, well, well you know, why is such and such here? Oh, yeah, they survived Michael Myers. Mm. So, yeah, that whole piece, you know, that whole aspect of it's just very bizarre. I think it's just one, conven- you know, like, I can't say convenient because I understand the amount of work that had to go into cracking that egg. But at the same time, like, it, there's just not really, like, a natural way to bring those people together, like Jason said, like, 40 years later. I don't know why I nurse he's like twenty years the senior of these children would be like, Yeah, let's go get some beers and talk about how he survived Michael Myers yeah. forty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially and, and not- considering that massive gap and the kills takes place on the same night as twenty eighteen. So it's like yeah. there's for them, like that like you said, it has to be every night for forty years on Halloween night that just doesn't you know, and can we really say that like Lindsay Wallace and, you know, Tommy Doyle like you know, at six years old or, like, you know, 15 years later, 20 years later, you're going to be like, yeah, you know, let's start having beers with that nurse. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. And I, I don't think that that was a hard thing for them to crack, though. I think that was probably a first uh, idea, sort of, write that down, that's brilliant kind of thing, and that's what they went with. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: well, I just mean, like, trying to at least give it a go to, like, make it, like, more than just, uh, you know, like you said, yeah. It's, like, to me, it's, like, it feels like maybe, like, some more effort could have went into that. But at the same time, like, it had to be a hard egg to figure out, like, you know, how can we at least fucking try to make it make
4: sense? Yeah, I I, I think it still could have worked. As as silly as it might be or whatever it is, we've seen that sort of thing before. It could have worked if it wasn't so strangely, and I don't know a better word for it, just strangely directed, edited, all all that. It's almost like it was, like, a second unit uh, shooting that was happening with those actors, like, through the entire movie. Um, yeah. so I think that all of that was like really odd to me, which is yeah, sad because I think they're all great. I think they're all are great. Uh, I would say it's
3: just, kind of like in defense of, you know, not that like I, I, yeah, there's definitely choices that were done throughout this film that are a little like head scratching,
0: mm-hmm. but
3: I will say in defense of David Gordon Green, like he's done so many different types of movies, like his first indie movies before he started doing comedy are pretty dark and pretty fucked up. And then, you know, the comedy, just, like, the amount, the volume this guy shoots, like, at this point, like, I think it would be hard. Like, you have to create rules for yourself for what you can and can't do, like, your visual language for your film. And Like, I don't know that he really stuck to those guns or if it was just, like, all fucking just, you know, break out of your fucking tool in the book. Like, you know, we're not going to limit ourselves with what we can and can't do and just shoot every scene differently or it feels like every scene's like you said, like, the consistency from piece to piece feels like, you know, like, we're just going to do it like this, we're going to do it like that, and never, like, seeing it as a whole piece with, like, rules front to back. Well,
4: I have a theory about it is that I, I think because they're shooting kills and end at the same time, that I think he is, it's just this classic scenario of being pulled in too many directions. Um, yeah. And, and I, I honestly do think that there's some second unit shit going on there well um, they,
2: to, be, be reshot too. to be clear to be clear yeah. they were going to do back-to-back but they decided not to they're going to see how this one performed first and then wait were, i
4: thought that was 2018 i thought they were going to do the first one and this one at the same time
2: no ends is filming right now yeah and is filming right now yeah as we speak really mm-hmm.
4: yeah Okay, I, I had that wrong. Then though. I thought that they were shooting they, these. Two. That was
2: that was the. They were supposed to. That was the plan. Yeah, and then they. I just thought they, that they that, that was it.
4: originally the plan for yeah. the 2018 one and this one. They were going to shoot back to back, but they're like, no, because they might hate us. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. yeah. Kind of no, thing.
3: no, they they were supposed to do them back to back, and then like scheduling because he's committed to Righteous
2: sums also. Wow, that they... sucks
4: to learn because I like that was that to me that was a valid reason for <laughs> that was the all one bit mis- of missteps it, it was that was the one yeah, out I mean, you're going to give them. What's... Yeah, thinking yeah. thinking as a director, yeah. seriously, like yeah. that's that's something I that's plausible. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I don't think that's any fault of anybody's other than trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah. knowing that it's just this movie, I mean, shooting anything is hard. Uh, but the first one, whether I liked it or not, was way more comprehensible, <laughs> yeah. In in all of its sequences, and compared to this movie. Um, yeah,
0: it,
3: it felt like a movie where it's like each scene was really trying to like stick to, like I said, like the consistency of the language of that story. Whereas this one, it felt like different scenes kind of took different liberties with how it was told. So yeah, there's some spots that feel disjointed to me, but yeah. They're sticking to the 2022 date, though. Like, there's mm-hmm. not like there's, you know, an insane amount of visual effects or shit to do on this movie. So I'm sure they're already, like, shooting and editing and everything at the same time. That's what most people are doing these days.
4: Yeah, I just assumed that he was doing them both at the same time and wasn't in the editing room every day because there's some, I mean, just flat-out bad choices. Well, to let's me. get, like, let's get to
2: one of those bad choices. Tommy raises a, <laughs> raises a toast to Lori,
4: <laughs> Yeah. who
2: we immediately cut to seeing riding away from the flames just like in the last film and she's screaming let it burn and this is pretty much the one big scene involving Loe strode jamie lee curtis this was she is hardly in this fucking movie
0: yeah 100 100%.
2: percent. 100% what i make so when i said issues i have i think you know i
3: understand sidelining her but for the entirety of the movie i got like total like you know, Luke Skywalker vibes from, like, the original movies, (laughs) where it's, like, they take they, where they, like, fucking handicap Luke for most of, like, what was it, like, Empire? Like, he's Uh out of Empire for a good chunk of it, yeah. So it's, like, it just felt like, you know, like, this fragmented version of that story, and in a lot of ways, Empire is the movie I compare this to the most, where it's, like, this movie feels incomplete without the before and after.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, I, I understand it, but, at the same time, when you look at the original Halloween 2, like, they found a way.
2: Yeah, exactly. You
4: know? So I, mm-hmm. I feel like they did they did her character a massive disservice. Um, and it, it I would have loved to have seen Tommy Doyle's character sort of be the frontrunner of this uh, in, a, in a better way, <laughs> if they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as well, it is, like, it, it's so out of, I don't know, I agree.
3: It, it never feels like Tommy Doyle becomes the lead of the story, which he should be if you're going to sideline Lori, right? But especially the way they they
4: like, tried to set it up, but it just they failed on all accounts. And
3: it, it really bums me out because like I felt like Lori, I felt like Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to 2018. I felt like that was one of the better performances I've seen from her in years because it felt like, like she really breathed a lot of life into this character. Mm-hmm. There's even like t- tiny mannerisms that feel very con- like consistent to her in 78, which none of the other performances of herself in these movies, you can say that. i even Halloween 2 doesn't feel like Jamie from 78. You know, yeah. even H2O, none of them like ever come back to get capturing like that. You know, yeah, man, the like total, like slight hippie-ish quality she had in 78. Uh-huh. This one still has that, but of course there's all this other baggage in there uh-huh. too. There's all and the that- other shit. And I feel like this was a very rounded, mature woman, and that she got to really showcase, like this, like how she's seasoned so much and how she's grown, and you feel that in there. Where this movie gives you none
0: of that.
4: Yeah, and and you know I think that was kind of the brilliance of her um, being cast in the first one, is that she was so young and hadn't done a whole hell of a lot at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, that it it really it really worked, and you can see her vulnerability and that's no longer there obviously well let, let's uh, let's
2: call it out too she was also janet lee's daughter so the ir- irony behind oh, yeah, that of was perfect for that movie
4: yeah absolutely oh, yeah oh yeah definitely. years later yeah definitely it's mm-hmm. like <laughs>
2: if, if marketing the movie
3: for being that movie failed you could always be like yeah starring janet lee's daughter yeah exactly <laughs> right
4: exactly. <laughs> we but she's so good yeah, in it, it yeah not matter. that's true. true
0: yeah
3: no, yeah we cut. But no, I mean one of the one of the things. Sorry to. No, you're, with, fine. The, you're fine. with the with the bar scene, one of the things I did find interesting that made me kind of like perk up a little bit was the 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 doctor nurse characters that are introduced in the scene. <laughs> they're uh. in they're in that they're in that water yeah. in 2018. He mm-hmm. like stops and stares at the nurse for a minute. And they had, like a comfort like kind of a standoff for a split second before he calls her to the car and they leave. Yeah, I thought that was kind of like, I thought that was a nice, like, callback to 2018 to what would be just completely, like, characters you forgot about. And then, like, to actually be like, oh, no. So, like, in a lot of ways, it made Haddonfield and this movie feel more tactile
0: mm-hmm.
3: and more... Because yeah, it's like...
4: Yeah, I totally forgot about it, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't... Yeah, I no, thought there was just, like, sort of... It, yeah. Weird sort of throwback characters yeah. to like, you know, parts like three, four, or five, or four, five, and six, or something like that, where you have all these people dressing up in, you know, mm-hmm. sexy nurse costumes or whatever. You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. all I took. I totally <laughs> forgot they were in the first one. <laughs> whatever. We
2: cut to the house, which is burning in flames and is being attended to by firefighters. Real life firefighters, by the way. That, that came out later. Are they really? Yeah. Wow. Michael appears out of the door and takes one out with a pickaxe and then pulls one down into the flames. This escape. Oh, boy. Anyone else get Halloween 5 flashbacks with this?
4: <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> my God. Hall- Halloween 5 through a lot of this movie. <laughs> a lot of this movie. This,
2: yeah, there's
3: so much 5, and that's what I was talking about with the mob stuff.
4: Yeah. It's, yeah, like, yeah.
3: It, it's just, you know, you have the good old boys in 4 train hunting down on the pickup truck, but yeah. then 5's when it's like, no, the whole
2: fucking town's coming to yeah. get <laughs> Yeah, well, and then well, then you, that, then you have you know let's cut the janitor's head off and and say that it was Michael when it really wasn't. I know there are so many callbacks to the in this, and we're going to get to a lot of them, but I, this just feels like bad writing to me.
4: Yeah, I'm wondering is it a callback or was it just oops we never saw four and five? Like I don't I'm not really sure because there's so many things that are similar to it like from. Uh, them going after the the other escaped inmate Uh guy and killing killing it i mean that's like this they kill the wrong michael and i don't remember if it's four or five but one of them the whole town like you know going out there's so many weird Mm -hmm. things that seem like not only that was already done but that's just a bad idea why are you going back down that road it doesn't make any
3: sense in the interest of fairness at this point with any of them whether it's jason michael or freddie every fucking thing you can imagine has been done, though. I couldn't imagine trying to be like, you yeah, know, it's like you write anything. It's like, well, yeah, fucking Jason's been to space. <laughs> <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> like, I have a feeling we're a couple of movies away from done? that.
0: Honestly. Right?
3: right. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, like, I actually don't have any issues with the fire thing. It's not the first time, but I think it's the best, in my opinion, it at least like, uh, yeah. there was some, yeah, <laughs> some production value put into it. I think that, you know, the whole, I think it's the beginning of, like, what I kind of, one of the better aspects of this over, you know, like, on my, like, plus sides to Halloween Hills. As, as, as Anthony
4: Michael Hall would be disappointed with, you know, everybody's acceptance of him in this movie, I feel like every firefighter in the world should be irritated at this movie. You're not wrong. So no, that's like my big
3: there's a petition to cut them out of the movie because it's not fair to our firefighters. And I'm like, I, it's fiction. Like, I don't know yeah. why we're, like, we, we're not, like, mad at alien invasion movies and, like, <laughs> petitioning the government. Like, come on, <laughs> fuck. Well. <laughs> but, it, it, it's even better, like, knowing that they're real firefighters. I didn't know it to you so that, Garrett. So it's, like, even more, like, I mean, fuck, if I was a firefighter and, like, hey, you want to get killed by Michael Myers? I'm like, where the fuck do I stop? Yeah, up? exactly. Like,
4: you know what I found weird about, about this? You know, I, I don't. Actively, yeah. You know what I got? I don't think that that was the bigger issue. I think the bigger issue is that you had all these firefighters out there. These these dudes are trained uh-huh. individuals. Yeah, like more so than like a cop that just goes through like cadet school or whatever the fuck that you know doesn't really do much day to day. Like these firefighters, they're 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 big dudes. They got axes and they got fucking, uh-huh. what, is, what is that, like a fucking uh, concrete saw or whatever the hell it is. This shit would not, me? I mean, just by chance they would have fucking got him at some point.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're geared out. Michael's not. Let's give Michael a little bit of an edge. These guys have masks on. They have tanks slowing them down. Yeah, they're fit dudes, no doubt. But no one expects someone with a fire poker to fucking just ram it through your head. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, I
4: mean if like, somebody walks out looking like that from a fire like that, yeah, I'm expecting some shit to go down.
2: You know what I got <laughs> like, flashbacks to? You know what I got flashbacks to was, yeah. you guys remember how like in Jaws 2 they decided to burn the left side of the shark's face to make it look more menacing? Like I feel like they were trying yeah. to do something to make <laughs> Michael look a little more different in this one. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah.
4: Like, that's, that's probably what happened, uh-huh. yeah. The the one redeeming thing about that was is is how he saved himself from the fire while he was down in the basement it was you know, being behind the door. Agreed. Like I Yeah. I thought that was kinda of cool I was like, Oh shit, like how where how's he getting out of this? Uh huh. You know, that was my initial reaction to it. Like he's down, like I mean, this is this is crazy and then the door rolls up and the idiot firefighter is trying to save him. I mean, don't they know what's going on there? Exactly. Like did nobody tell them? Yeah.
3: You know? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so now because it all kind of quiet. Ha, it happened quietly, you know.
4: Yeah. We, I mean, she lives out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I yeah. Figured, <laughs> yeah. Careful, guys. Michael Myers is
3: there. <laughs> it's Lori's house. It's on fire. do you <laughs> right? the protocol. We cut the protocol. Ca- it's the Michael Myers protocol. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: we cut to Karen, Lori's daughter, once again played by Judy Greer, who washes her hands and ends up cleaning her wedding ring, and then races to comfort her daughter Allison. We then cut to an old couple messing with a drone, and Greens building some okay suspense with this kill, with these kills I think, until he rams the guy into the wall and glass window, and then stalks the woman with a broken light. Which mm-hmm. that was man. He, there are some brutal deaths in this fucking movie. Let, let, let's get to that all right. Let's get to that right now. what do you guys think of the way Michael dispatches people? I mean, he is fucking angry in this.
3: Yes, thank you. It's actually, like I was going to, I was pointing out with the, the killing of the, the firefighters and that whole sequence. One of the things I think Kills did super well is like, you know, I described 2018 as him as a killer shark is the best way.
0: Uh-huh. And it's like
3: even to, in 78 in that same sense too. In the sense that like, you know, when you watch a shark in the water, it's not eating everything. It's picking and choosing and there's no real like agency. Like it does what it does and it does or does not kill in the process. And that's kind of how I, I always saw Michael Myers as a kid. And that's what made me scarier is you never know if you're going to be a victim or if you're going to be a survivor. And 2018, I think, continued that notion. of I mean, regardless of, like, the clunkiness of some of the story, I think this outing is definitely, like, what you see is, like, a re-embodiment of it where, like, well, there's a vessel of rage now. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, to me, like, what, you know, Kane Hodder did with Friday the 13th Part 7 was, like, you all of a sudden see this, like, turn in that character where it's, like, much more menacing, much more brutal, much more savage in this execution. And to me, the moment that really was driven home wasn't the firefighters, but it's this drone sequence, not so much the way he kills the first couple people, but after he kills the husband and continues just putting one knife into him after another, after another, after another. Now, like, I unfortunately had to deal with serial killers in my day-to-day life at some point. And one of the most common things you'll see with, like, true blue serial killers is that there's, like, either a sexual or a rage component to what they do. And you and that's actually, a lot of times in sentencing, one of the things you'll end up seeing is that these guys, like, you know, it's not good enough to shoot someone once or twice, you know, in, like, in rage. Instead, they'll empty an entire magazine into somebody. You know, like, long, they're dead, they're long dead, and they just continue shooting them. Or it's just, like, this, like, release of just anger, like, this, like, outlet. And in that moment where it's, like, Michael just keeps grabbing one knife and another and another until there's nothing left, it's, like, clearly the job's done, but there's so much rage in him that he's just, like, he's a mechanical monster now.
4: Yeah, I don't know, I don't buy it. You don't like that? I I get what you're saying. I just I just don't buy it like this kid didn't have a bad shot ch- like if this was the Rob zombie movie that makes sense to me mm. like so <laughs> camp comes, comes from somewhere like I, I get that all right but I mean this this all of these things that they're trying to say that Michael Myers is or or even isn't don't usually happen to people at that age that it happened to him like in the first movie right mm-hmm. was It was like seven or something like that like you just don't snap like that especially if you have a a good childhood or a normal childhood as they seem to have had. Um, So so the psychological aspects to me, like, don't fit for me. So I don't know where that anger comes from. Like, there's there's no backstory in this movie or the 2018 to really show us where the backstory is as far as why he would be so fucking angry at innocent people that are just like what i mean he came into their home it's not like they even like crossed his path to like stop him or like there's no rhyme or reason to it and like i get the shark analogy and that makes sense but to be so brutal like who is he envisioning that he's killing
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know it, it, the only person at that point would have been his sister which he didn't kill in that fashion uh, you know so it doesn't it doesn't register properly to me it just seems mean spirited and, and yes, it's, it's a brutal killings, but they're just they're off to me. Like they don't, I, I don't I wouldn't have made those choices for that. Especially when the entire movie they're retconning, you know, the relationship of you know him and and Laurie and uh, why he's doing what he is and being evil or whatever, and all he wants to do is go home. Yeah. Fucking go home then. Stop killing. Just walk home. Uh-huh. It's right around the corner. <laughs> you know what do you? What do you? Why are you in these people's house? Did you make a wrong turn? Like, does their house look like yours? Like, I don't understand it. Why are you in this house? Mm.
0: Well, like, there was no know,
4: reason for him to be there.
3: He's not known for being bright. He's Michael Myers. Yeah, he's the no. Man. But usually,
4: like, if you watch, if you watch these movies, if he goes into a house, he's usually after somebody or hiding from somebody. There was nobody to hide from at that point. He just. He just shows up in these people's house. Mm-hmm. It's just odd. You know, and that, that, that it just didn't make any sense to me, you know? Um, and then my personal feeling is that woman, what, I didn't see her as taking any shit, right? Yeah. As soon as, like, as shit starts going down, she, like, she crumbles, and that, that bothered me. She did not seem like she was going to be a character that was going to crumble like that. I, um, I really, I, I,
3: I really, I, really liked her. I thought the casting and the performances on and that, and that whole sequence were really good.
4: I agree. I, I totally agree with that. I think it was really well done. I just I did not think that she should have went down that easy. That to me would have been a great opportunity for that to have been like a showdown, like an out of the blue, you're not fucking killing me, <laughs> you know kind of thing. Um, and instead so she gets stuck in the neck with a fucking light bulb that would have rumbled. Yeah, like I yeah. know that looks cool, but that shit would not have happened no. that way when's
3: the last time we stabbed with a fluorescent tube in the neck, Jason? Let's try
4: no, it. I, never. <laughs> never, but I've seen how fragile they are.
3: <laughs> what was that movie where they were like
2: busting them on each other? It was like they're hanging out out back, smoking weed or something. It was like a really dumb comedy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we cut. to it. That that was a uh, that was a Danny McBride tangent right there. We <laughs> we cut we cut to a Jeff Dunham wannabe with a ventriloquist and Tommy meeting more of the town. The bar sees a newscast detailing what's going on, and Tommy knows right away that it's Michael. Vanessa and Marcus, <laughs> they leave the party, and Vanessa knows that she spots Michael in the back seat, so Tommy approaches with a bat, and Michael disappears. We then cut to the most obscure set of scenes in the film, and I'm not saying that because the couple in this sequence set of sequences is gay. Or is gay. I'm saying it because these scenes seem like a lot for nothing. Like, Big John, Little John, like, this was the most tone-deaf set of scenes I think I've seen in a horror film in a long, long time.
4: You know, I I feel okay, I gotta rewind a little bit. I know I know we're trying to get through the movie here, but I feel like the whole bar scene that you just talked okay. about, the ventrocleas uh-huh. going the Tom and Doyle stuff, I feel like at that point Doyle is like shouting at the screen, even though he's not doing this, like in his head, like I've been waiting my whole life for this. Like, I feel like that's that was the start of his downfall as a character. And then, what is the name on the bat? Or, uh, the old Huckleberry? Oh,
3: uh, Huckleberry? Yeah.
4: Oh, Jesus Christ.
3: It's so Just, strange, dude. Yeah, whatever. the whole
4: sequence and then the talking to the yeah. bartender about it and the dad yeah. and all that kind of stuff, like... It was just, like, over my fucking head. Like, is that is that some sort of, like, throwback to something? Like, did I miss it? Because all I'm thinking about is Silver Bullet at this point. Oh. Geez. Like, that's all I can <laughs> fucking think about.
0: Yeah, the fucking baseball bat really yeah.
3: helps
4: Silver Bullet in comparison. No. You know, okay, but then going forward to Big John, Little John. All right, I like these dudes. I think they were I, fucking cute as hell. Okay, <laughs> like the like, the they're they're fun, they're interesting, it, but it's cheesy as fuck. It had no place in this movie. That should have been like such a small. That should have been about as big as the other couple that get murdered. Like uh-huh. it just didn't make any sense other than the fact that they're in Michael's house. You know, I like, but
3: I, first I love the idea of somebody buying Michael's house, flipping it, making it really, really fucking nice.
4: It looked like, awesome, like, right? Like, yeah, I like it did. Talk about that. Like the, yeah. they decorated the shit out of the house, looked great. If there's a fucking statement about modern
3: hipster America, that's <laughs> they right there in my shelves. I'm just fucking buying something that's like nobody wants, and you're like, let's make it something special, and they fucking do. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I actually really loved all of that stuff, and I fucking hate the dude that plays Stewart. Like I fucking hated that character, like the in, the Mad TV guy, uh-huh. like Stewart. I fucking hated Stewart so much, but in this movie, like their character, their dynamic, the big John, little John, all that stuff for like an introduction and everything with the kids, like that whole sequence was one of my favorite parts of this movie. I think they did so well in the beginning. Unfortunately, I feel like the joke wears itself
0: out, Uh and
3: when and when it takes a dark turn, like they're continuing the joke, but it's and it's still like too funny for the situation, so it loses. It like kind of takes some of the steam out of the suspense for me. Where it's like you know you know like the audience fucking knows Michael's in the house, like there's no like we're not stupid. The audience is ahead of the characters. Typical, right?
4: Yeah, this is where so, Garrett was talking about the lack of suspense in the movie. Uh-huh. Like the, yeah. everything that has to do so, with those like, two characters is lack of suspense.
3: Yeah. So this whole scene, they're like Big John, Little John, Big John. It's not. It's too funny, and like you don't really like. Yes, they're scared, but it's hokey. Like it's yeah. not scared the way you should be when fucking Michael Myers is in your house. Mm. And when you he stages
4: the bodies. Time and they're dead I expected them to still be alive and be like big john little john yeah yeah I mean that's what I expected Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's I've what I felt like
3: I've heard people take issue with that too and I'm like you know guys like you're on this one it's like I Michael's a trickster man like you see it in the 78 version absolutely like, several times where he there's things he does that don't make sense like oh, I don't know, mind like, the staging yeah like you know, I
0: feel like mean, oh that's either. fine
3: yeah I don't mean either of you guys I'm saying like I've had people like express that like they thought it was silly I'm like he did it in 2018, but he also did it a shitload in 78. Yeah, 78. In 78, he
2: groups. puts his fucking sister's grave in the room. Like that is, yeah. <laughs> that is dark yeah. to There's the darkest. This, like, you know.
3: Yeah, and then like the fucking ghost costume. Yeah, and, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Your, like he's constantly like playing pranks on people. Like in that movie, like it, it's inexplicable, and I think that's one of the most confounding things of the character. But they do that here, and like that whole posing the bodies thing totally sets it. Plays. It's like it's accurate to me like but i'm with you it's like i kind of was like are they actually are they fully dead or like they kind of dying mm. you know it's like so one of those situations <laughs> you said you might get one last big hey, john
0: yeah, little john. yeah <laughs> i mean i
4: was waiting for it it didn't happen i was like well i don't know if that was a good choice now or not <laughs> <laughs> it should just it should just kept going but it I reminds mean, me when i when, when i did a. It.
3: I love that it got it all back to the miner's house in like a really organic sort of way, and uh-huh. I think that it was like real interesting to be like, you know, that let's think let, maybe leave it abandoned. Let's have it like, like livable. Like some like put characters in there, put their like create stakes in that house. Yeah. Like I think that's a really a uh, really strong choices on that part.
4: Yeah, I think that was one of the best choices that they made in this movie. Which I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because it seems <laughs> like that's a a minor choice, but. That works because in the, most other horror films that house stays empty for years and is decrepit and old, like all yeah, the other exactly. House.
3: Like what is this, twelve? The twelfth one, time?
4: Huh? Yeah, you yeah. know. And finally, somebody so, bought it and remodeled. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: twelve movies deep, and it's like that's. I mean, of all the ideas, and like of all the like, you know, we talk about stuff that's been done in the other series. Like, I mean, even compared to like the Elm Street movies or Friday the Thirteenth, like this is like the first one. It's like, hey man, let uh, What happens if someone bought the Meyers house? Like, uh-huh. I think that's a first idea.
4: If there's an artist out there listening, I want somebody to make, like, little miniatures of, like, the houses from, like, Elm Street and Friday the 13th and – not Friday the 13th, uh, um, Halloween and, like, uh, Texas Texas Chainsaw Chainsaw or something. Yeah, and just have them sort of like a sort of diorama kind of thing. Mm. That would be fucking awesome. (laughs) That needs to happen. Somebody out there.
2: (laughs) Allison and Karen, they're both questioned by cops, and they tell them about the boogeyman tales Laura used to tell that were seemingly coming to life now. And then there's another weird cut where the cops say Michael Myers is alive, and Allison yells, what, as Cameron approaches. Like, all of this is, like, they're like, Michael Myers is alive, and you just hear uh, Allison just yell, what? Like, it's just, god damn, the editing in this movie, Jason, you pointed it out, but fuck, it's just odd.
4: Very odd. It it really is, and it's it's one of those things where, is it, I mean, a movie like this, I mean, it's not like a huge budgeted movie, but they have a big enough budget for editing. 20 good. good. So these
2: is good for a movie like this. 20 mil? Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
4: Yeah. But I feel like like, you can't look at it as like it's edited poorly. Like they made choices. Like these are choices that they purposely made. They had time to edit this fucking movie, and they wanted it that way for what reason, I don't know. Like I, I just don't get it. Like there's so many things that are just off-kilter to me that just like – that was, like, you view it as, like, that's bad. That, like, Jug, we're always arguing about the crossing the line thing. It's like it's the same thing with this movie. It's, like, it's like these are not, they're, they're taking editing theory and, and filmmaking theory in general and just throwing it out the fucking window. And they, they, It feels like a bunch of kids running around, you know, with a camera shooting stuff, making it look cool, um, you know. And, and the editing, I think, suffers so greatly. And I think that the performances of the actors is what really the major downfall is because the editing and, and the writing really makes them look bad. My, both my kids who are, you know, 14 and 17 now, um, they went and saw 2018 with me and they liked it, uh, quite a bit. Right off the bat, even after that first flashback they you know, they're just like, you know, why is the acting in this movie so bad? Wow. And I'm like, Oh, that kind of startled me. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't, I really don't think the acting was bad. I think it was what they were given was bad. Like, like, Anthony Michael Hall might not be a, you know, an A list actor, but he's he's solid. He's solid. Whatever he's in, yeah. Like, he's not a bad actor. No. Maybe the guy playing the young Hawkins or whatever, maybe, you know, maybe this is true. I don't know. But, you know, there's a lot of good actors in this movie. Why why it makes him look bad, I don't know, man. man. Like, Will Patton. Patton was the only one that really shined to me. Everybody else, the only thing I contributed is this fucking script and the editing.
2: Anthony Michael Hall is great in that Dead Zone series. He's fantastic in that. So he does have the ability to, he does have the chops, but I think you're right. I think he's just not giving anything here.
4: Yeah, even even, um, uh, Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that he was in that.
2: Who, Who the fuck is he in that?
4: He's the army guy, the uh, is like, uh, superior officer guy, I don't know, whatever you call
2: him. Oh, no shit, I did not put two together. That's fantastic. Karen just tells Allison to stay in the hospital and wait, and we get a scene of her and Lori, where she gives Lori a knife in case she ever needs it.
4: Oh the foreshadowing <laughs> Oh my god I'm So I, subtle I'm just gonna throw your bloody shirt away yeah. Okay mom
0: Here's
2: your knife
4: yeah. What's gonna happen And you know what I mean she was asleep when she gave her the knife and the shirt How did she know I it was know. in the
2: fucking bed? Uh, that, was, that was gonna be a question <laughs> I brought up later on I, I don't know Lonnie shows Tommy his gun collection As more of the town joins the mob this storyline, and we're – all right, boys. You guys kind of talked about it earlier, but we're going to get into it right now. Yeah, this is where it really starts to take a turn. It would seem like a bigger-scale version of that mob from part four, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. – I don't like it's any like of the scenes scene in oh, – Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, yeah. In, in, in part four, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: All of the scenes in the bar – or not in the bar, but in the hospital and everything revolving around this mob, I hate. I'll just put it out there right now. I can't stand any of it. What about you guys? The
4: only the only yeah. thing that I liked was at the park. The um, the I don't remember her name, but the girl she was the the young girl that's now grown up. Lindsay um, who survives. Yeah, okay. Um, does anybody remember Lindsay from the original? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah,
2: she was watching the, the thing. Yeah. That's only that's the reason I know her.
4: <laughs> um but i like that little bit of a season she's like are you fucking kids creek get the fuck out of here yeah, idiots. you know that yeah. kind of thing like that was the only like bit for me but then it fucking gets destroyed when she's the rest of them show up and then she's like what crawling around on the fucking ground <laughs> yeah are, are you waiting for him to come back uh. like like get your shit together get the fuck out of there like what's you know that was that it fell apart after that you know um but, again, like, I keep going, like, Anthony Michael Hall, I think it's solid. You know, when he shows up and, and just his presence, I think works really well. But the fucking dialogue, man, i, I just like, shut up, dude. Stop talking. You were just kind of coming back with a career, and now it's fucked. Yeah. You know, every time you spoke, you know, and it sucked. Yeah. It really did.
3: I absolutely agree with that. I feel like it's, like, the mob scene, to me, the beginning of that whole sequence feels like it's the setup for something that I actually wanted to see. I actually wouldn't mind if they would hit the streets. It's where it goes and the social commentary it has during that sequence that I feel like it's so on the nose and goes on for way too fucking long and loses sight of, uh-huh. like, something that has any value. Like, could have mm-hmm. been more interesting to me that if they went out to go hunt Michael Myers Michael Myers got to the hospital... And no one was in the hospital, and they were all out looking for Michael Myers, looking like fucking assholes.
0: Mm-hmm. That would have
3: been that would have been that would have been cool good. because yeah.
4: that yeah that would have felt more like the original Halloween 2 with a semi-empty hospital you know for a portion of the
3: yeah because like imagine like all these tricks going out to like hunt Michael down and prove a point and like it's it would be a great statement about like you know masculinity or you know herd mentality which is what they're trying to do here, but it feels like it's like let's introduce this completely unnecessary sub-important character to kind of make a statement about what happens when everyone all blah, 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 whatever.
4: But Which yeah, I think it's is awesome. cool, because I, I do think that that is a statement that needs to be made somewhere.
3: It does uh, not
4: necessarily it in is. this movie, but, yeah,
3: like, so that, that's, that's something that... 20, 25 minutes long with no payoff?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I think see, I think the payoff's there, but again, like, self-contained-wise. There's no payoff yeah. for this movie. Nothing uh,
3: without that, that character. It's, like, it's all, like, man, it's just such a, like... I don't know, it feels like such an unnecessary deviation, like a B-plot mm-hmm. that really doesn't have a purpose. Like it's just Yeah, a, no, like, they, they did like, that
4: idea better in part four, like yes. killing the wrong Michael Myers, uh, yeah. he goes four. Uh, that they, they did it way better in that Be and it was so simple, like the way that yeah. they did it, it was just so simple.
3: And sometimes um, I think that's kind of the thing that gets lost with modern filmmaking like so often that's like you could you just do this in two shots and get the get the information across yeah and they can't I mean, you, know, you
4: know you remember that uh that app vine where you had to make six second like videos yes do you recall yeah. that's the kind of thing i feel like filmmakers now should be a requirement where they have to do that they got to make six second videos and tell a story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yes. there are things like that that are just so overblown but you're yeah absolutely i agree with you on this uh
3: let's see the part sequence yeah like that whole part sequence there's things I like. I like, like you said, hunting down Lindsay Wallace. I thought was pretty interesting. I thought killing the kids was pretty interesting, the outcome of it. I think the execution of that action sequence was clunky. Like, you know, the gal shooting herself
2: in the head by accident. All right, let's save it. Doug, Doug, save it, save oh, it. Sorry. We're getting there. We're getting there, all right? You guys are jumping way ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you guys it's forget the format ahead. of the show. It's <laughs> been so long.
4: Uh, we, yeah, the
2: whole part <laughs> of the park part. All like, right. I, I think we're so yeah.
4: passionate about bashing.
2: We see a dead-on impersonation of the scene from part one of Michael climbing the car, which would have been cool if he wasn't close to 70 years old. This was... Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like an ongoing thing for me, where I'm just like the whole time I'm like, this me seventy. Yeah, like... yeah. I did like the but touch of them putting the wrench. Evil. I did like the touch of him yeah. putting the wrench on his hand as he hits the window. I thought that was kind of cool. Because now, if you pause yeah, it just yeah.
4: right, you can see the vine tattoos, the the thorn tattoos. <laughs> no, no, it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> But that's why he's seventy and can still do it.
2: <laughs> but not even the terrible line. This is for Doctor Loomis. Can save Marion as she is dispatched of, right. and Marcus has a knife put right through his eye. Which, ow! We get... actually one of my favorite kills. <laughs> Me the too, because it just has that like awkward nastiness. Like absolutely, yeah. you know,
3: for for all the merit of Rob Zombie's Halloween too, like for all the things that we can criticize. One of the deaths in that's one of the, it fucks me up so bad is how real it is, is that, that ambulance driver that just keeps, like, saying fuck or whatever, yeah. but he's, like,
0: yeah,
3: you know, like, there's, like, that lapse in his, like, synapse of his brain where he just keeps firing and saying the same thing. Uh-huh. It's, like, the trauma that's so realistic that it, like, seriously bothers me, like, while the rest of the movie's super stupid. It's, like, when you see something done hey, so watch accurately, out. It, like, your love Rob Zombie's Halloween too.
4: I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, we yeah, go <laughs> well, back to 100%. that podcast.
3: There's, that was an argument. <laughs> that, that, but with that said, like, I, that death for this character, I felt like there was a similar thing where, like, a knife in the head, like, that doesn't immediately kill somebody. And like, there's that moment where he's, like, fucked up about it. Like, you know, he's, like, processing and, like, dying uh-huh. at the same time.
4: Yeah. reminds me like, of, uh, of a murder party where the dude gets oh, hit yeah. or whatever. Oh, nice like, oh, yes. nice reference. nice cut grass. <laughs> we
2: get the head tilt. As Michael starts admiring his work, he chases Lindsay through the park. Now, I like this. I liked how the mob sees the bodies on the merry-go-round. They're wearing the mask from Halloween 3. That was, I thought, it was a nice little reference, I have to say. Um, Doug, now you've kind of unleashed, but that's going to be a blooper. So go ahead and unleash what you're going to say right now about what you feel about this stock sequence.
3: Oh, yeah. So the stock sequence of Lindsay is great, but I feel like everything in the car, like, not so much everything. But first off, I'd love to say at the top of the fucking show. But the beginning of the police in the very fucking flashback trying to shoot Michael is the beginning of this ongoing trend of where not a single goddamn person in Haddonfield can hit a fucking target. (laughs)
4: That all started with Loomis in 78. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, yeah. Like, every <laughs>
3: fucking six times my ass, every one of them missed <laughs> me. six uh,
0: times.
3: Yeah. Oh, God, we're going back to that. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, same with this, it's like fucking none a single cop can hit him, and now here we are for this gal unleashes a 15-round nag on him, doesn't hit a single fucking thing. But in Lindsay Wallace Street, was it Lindsay or who else was in the car street at like six times and fucking misses every one of them?
2: I think it was the Nurse, shooting.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's the nervous, yeah. Everybody ends up missing every single shot in this film. And, like, it's like, how do you fucking, you're, like, six feet away from you with a semi-automatic weapon. How in the fuck did you miss every shot? Yeah. Like, it's so, it's, that whole sequence is just so poorly done. And it's like, I guess, like, you know, her shooting herself is supposed to be an ironic twist. But it's kind of, you know, I don't know, man, it feels like, it's the beginning of Michael killing a shitload of people all at one time in inexplicable ways.
4: Mm -hmm. right Jason Uh, I didn't necessarily mind it because it is so quick and I had so many issues before it even happened at that point that (laughs) it just didn't really what bothered me more was the nurse uh, being killed in the same fashion where she survived from the first movie like I really wanted her to survive like if anybody was going to survive that attack I wanted it to be her. Like, it felt right to me because she survived the original one. It just, I, I would have loved to have seen her in Halloween End. Maybe she could have died in that one instead of a this of this film. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing that really bothered me in that, that sequence other than just the clunkiness of it all.
2: They see Lindsay, who says that he's still out there as we cut to Lori. Yep, still in a hospital bed. Is this their yeah. way of saying, see, we can do Halloween 2 as well? You know, like, here's Lori in a hospital just like she was in that movie, even though we're trying to avoid any continuity with that movie. It's just just weird. Uh, Tommy then goes to the hospital to recruit more people into his mob and tells Lori that now he's going to be protecting her. Um, Lori is hell-bent on joining the mob, but Karen stops her saying she doesn't want to see her get killed. We cut right back to the couple in Michael's house as there is more knocking on the door. They eventually show off each other's knives. <laughs> more weird tone-deaf <laughs> stuff. And we cut yeah. to the hospital again. And is it just me or is all, again, this stuff in the hospital, is all this stuff in the hospital bad? It's bad. Yeah. It's yeah bad. It's, I like little Patton. Like I said, he's given it every goddamn thing
3: he can. But I just, this whole hospital stuff, like, I think the only thing in it that was, like, kind of semi-profound was, like, when he was like, yeah, it's not about you, Laurie. It's, like, you know, it just is. Like, I thought that was kind of, like, in the, You know, because, like, there's a bit where she keeps thinking it's, like, Michael and her, and that's, like... And he's just like, no, man, like, this is just a thing. This is what he does, and, like, you just happen to be there when it happened."
2: Mm. Yeah. We go back to the house where both Johns are killed, one with fingers in his eyes. That was different. And one with... Well, we don't see how the other one goes, which was different for this movie, which was already starting to feel like it belonged more in Rob Zombies, more brutal hillbilly-filled continuity than this one. Like, I was getting real Rob Zombie flashes when I was watching all these death scenes in this movie.
0: Oh, they oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And the the eye gouge, I was kind of like, damn, like I
2: got goopy, and yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. yeah, this this they got away with a lot of this. They did. I was kind of yeah. You know, all right. That's what we're doing. We hear Hawkins express regret to Laurie that he's the one responsible for this night. So everyone in this movie is taking the blame, right? Like, everybody's like, yep, it's my fault that this boogeyman's roaming around. (laughs) (laughs) i tell you his fault is whoever taught him to drive in the first (laughs) (laughs) movie. We're going right back to that, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Karen approaches... Lance Tivaldi, who is pulled out of his room and then jumps out a window in a scene that is just brutal to watch. My God. Um, When he jumps out the window on his head. Unfortunately, this actor actually did die in real life as well. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, lung cancer. He died, I think it was back in May, I think. Fuck, I was really... Like, for a second, you'll be fucking, like, from that that. No, 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 not from that stunt.
0: No,
3: they did not film the actual death. (laughs) That That man fell on him. But can we talk real quick about how Karen's like, I won't let them get you immediately, let's get you. I know. Oh, my
4: God. It was Admiral. She tried, right? She's the one, like... She's the only one standing up against the mob, and literally yeah, lets but... them run right past her. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, what the she's fuck? Like
3: she's like looking at what's face, and she just like shrugs and then get through the door to get killed. Yeah,
4: him. I <laughs> mean, she's not even like stop, leave him alone. Like they literally watch. Yeah. I mean, you hear her like they overdubbed it or something, but they yeah, show her like, not saying you... anything as they are running past her. And it's like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing?
2: She's
0: like, "What do you do?" <laughs> <She's the> worst <laughs>
4: hero ever. <laughs>
2: Allison is officially a part of the mob, I guess, as we see her watch a plan develop on how to get Michael, as Tommy tells Karen that if he's going to go down, he's going to go down swinging. Lonnie tells Cameron and Allison to stay in the car, stay in the car as he goes and investigates the house. It doesn't take long for them to leave the car, though, and they walk up the stairs in the house, and they see the couple who were there beforehand, Murdered and propped like a picture of them, which you guys mentioned earlier. And I'm like, I'm with you, Jason. I thought for sure one of them was going to get like at least one last gasp before like they died. But nope, it's just a prop.
4: With, with all the comedy that they built yeah. up, with that like it seemed like that that would have been the way to, to end it. As as silly as it would have been. Like, that would have been the punchline. That would have been, you know, the payoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know why they failed with that. I mean, it, it, it was so built up and silly to begin with. But, you know, whatever. Yeah.
2: Cameron finds his dad and is then attacked along with Allison. And Cameron is put through the banister as Allison is yelling. Look,
0: I was... Let's go
4: back to Cameron's the, da- the dad, for a second, like, what's his name? Is that uh, Lonnie? It's Lonnie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Lonnie, yeah. Jesus Christ. What what a waste. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. Like, like they wasted the Doyle character. They wasted Lo- – If they were going to fucking bring him into this movie, they gave him shit to do. Absolutely. Like, like I, I just – I'm like, oh, just stay here because I'm going to go in the house and get killed, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like the, the gist of it. They didn't even show it. It's like uh-huh. you, didn't, you get nothing out of it. Like, you know it's going to happen because you want to get the kids in the house, right? Because that's what everybody wants to see. Like, it, it was so – Bad.
3: yeah yeah doug i'm so fucked up that we're like like going through this with you guys like i'm so fucked up that we're already at the end of this movie like, we're, <laughs> like i said in my head thinking like this feels like the like the rising climate like the rising action leading into the third act like what should right. actually be like you know the pieces leading into like oh like we're setting the stakes
2: for what the third act's going to be and instead it's like nope we're,
3: we're, there. we're <laughs> like yeah we're at the end of the road
2: yeah. Well, I told you guys yesterday when we were setting this thing up that it's not going to take very long to go through this plot. <laughs> yeah, the plot
3: the plot is very directional, but yeah. So I'm a few days, and like I feel like the whole like the death of Lonnie is wasted. Like it, you know, it's like, and if, it, if anything, like what makes it so kind of a difficult decision is like, okay, so if we're going to kill Lonnie, did we have to kill Cameron because we should have left Cameron so that at least Lonnie motivated something, right?
4: No, they should have left Lonnie because yes. he's well, already yeah, suffered. Right. Let's see him suffer some more. Right. Like, let's Kill give him Cameron. some deep character. Kill he didn't, and
3: then he, now you have Allison and Lonnie motivi- motivated by character death that we can take into the Yeah, third movie. absolutely. Because you like, know, like
4: they, they spent all that time setting up this backstory of him running into Michael, like having this conversation that amounted to nothing. They really should have let him have a conversation that amounted to something. His son get killed and give him purpose. And I really
3: think, like, as far as, like, I think if there's one, like, real criticism for this movie that I just, like, can't get my head around and, you know, it's like I try to look at both sides a lot. I don't, I'm never really, like, trying to defend something for the sake of it. I just try my best to, like, give it a fair shake. But I can't say that this movie really has any, like, quality character development. I don't feel like any character starts this movie and ends this movie having changed in a way mm. that's like, uh, you know, like change the way like you should through a movie, right? Like we don't see any growth of anyone. I think if anyone, Michael maybe has the best shit going on, <laughs> shit. which is kind of like, you know what I mean? That's kind of like a sad state of affairs, but it does like actually help me settle some thoughts in the movie in the sense it's like, you know, here we are at the end, it's like, you know, so think about Cameron as a character. In 2018, we have a lot more to do with it. Yes, he's a prick. Yes, he's an asshole. But at least you kind of care about him enough to think of him that way. Let, yeah. let, me ask,
2: in this, let me ask you guys this. this movie, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead.
3: I was going to say, like, in this movie, it's like, his death, I feel nothing, because the time we've spent with him doesn't really add up to much. And then, like, also, like, going all the way back to the beginning... He gets off the phone to yell for the cops. <laughs> when, he, when he turns off, he's, yeah. like he's on the phone. He's like, "Hey, hang on a second,
2: I see something." Yeah.
3: Now I'm gonna run over and yell for the police. It's yeah. fucking call him. But anyway, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna put this out there. We're already in the third act of this movie. Um, is it just me or is this worse than the last one?
0: Oh,
3: by oh, far, I, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I I think that there's definitely like. I you know like I've I've been very like I can't say that there's anyone I know that has just loved this front to back with no criticisms at all. Yeah. Or like you know I think it's definitely there's a lot to talk about which is a good thing because I feel like any movie that causes this kind of discourse is good. Like you know there's nothing worse than like when a movie like there's nothing to say uh-huh. like debate or discuss it's just like oh yeah it was a great. Movie. Yeah, it was great, and then that's that's, that's the end of the conversation. I, I don't care for that. I would rather have, like, give me that fucking C on Metacritic or whatever, where it's like, we can get into the fucking ropes and really, like, take the movie apart. Yeah. But that that's just definitely one of those things where it's like, I'm with you. I, I do think it's worse than 2018 in a lot of ways. I, myself, like, I've been trying to figure out, you know, of course, everyone's done their lists and where it has it set, and... All that shit. I kind of like to me. Like I put it above five, below four.
0: Mm.
2: Allison, yells, "Do it!" As Karen approaches with a pickaxe, she takes the mask off and taunts Michael with it, and Michael goes after her. This was a this was something I actually hadn't seen. I I, I know I've, we've criticized this writing a lot, but I thought this was actually pretty creative to um, do this because when Michael picks it up, what he becomes the boogeyman or something, right? Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. back like, that's even established in that first yeah. movie. Like, it's yeah, Michael's the mask gives him the motivation. Yeah. Like, I guess, like whatever it is, it unlocks that. Like, it, I guess it gives him that like sense of uh-huh. uh, like secrecy or protection or the thrill he gets from the autonomy of having a yep. mask. I don't know. They never. We never know, and I don't honestly want anyone to ever explain that. But it just without the mask, he doesn't have mm-hmm. what he
2: needs. He finds his mask. Well, I don't know okay. about
4: that because uh, they they he. He kills in 2018 without his mask, just fine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so that's I'm not sure true. if that really like works, but that's, that's I get right. what you're I saying. Think, I, I
3: think He's definitely more cowardly without it. Like you see him make this more desperate decisions. Because uh-huh. <laughs> even in 78, like you know, he's breaking out of this, the same asylum.
0: Mm-hmm. He's still on
3: that janitor. There's all sorts of shit he does before he finds his mask.
0: Mm-hmm. Or that
3: janitor, the mechanic on the side yeah. of the road. Like he, right. you know, he does do those things without it. But there's definitely more of like a desperate more cowardly approach to it whereas when he has the mask it's almost like he has the power in the room yeah.
2: michael finds his mask as the mob comes and he takes they take him down rodney king style which was <laughs> <laughs> now are we supposed are we su- i wasn't expecting to get that big of a response now are we supposed to be cheering here what are we supposed to be feeling as he's being beat down like this and karen just takes a knife right to his back like are we supposed to feel sorry what? for him I think in a movie where you care more about Michael Myers, then yeah, I
3: think so because that's definitely what they did here. Like I said, I got to the end of the movie, and Michael's the person I was like the most empathetic for, even though you absolutely fucking should not be.
2: Yeah, Jason. Like
3: this is the character you, you should be like real fucking like rooting to get his ass whooped and
4: or killed. Yeah, are we are we talking about? are we talking about scene, the mob? scene, them beating the shit yeah. out of him on the stairs. No, I, okay. Yeah, on yeah. The, yeah, I I don't. I didn't feel sympathetic for him, but I, I did feel bad for all the actors in the scene. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, felt, you felt sympathy for the actors.
4: <laughs> I did, yeah. Not the characters. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I'm so disappointed that they mishandled uh, Doyle. Nah. I, like, I just, I felt like there was, there was so much more. Like, the culmination of the scene, I think that could have been the point where he redeemed himself. But we're seeing the same thing that almost happened with Loomis at the beginning of the movie in the flashback. Um, I just don't. I don't understand why. Like, you know, I don't know. None of those people that survived had anything super bad happen to them, except for maybe the nurse that I remember. Yeah. Uh, you know, like nothing. Like, you know, so I don't. I don't know that that like all their anger and and the hatred and that that buildup just seems so misplaced. And like, you know, even Doug, you're talking about how Michael seems, you know, very angry in this film. And again, I, I don't know why, and that bothers me. So I, I feel like I yeah. I don't feel sympathetic to either side of them. I feel like it was over the top mob mentality, and I think that's what they were going for. So it didn't really make me feel much other than it's uh, just over the top.
3: Well, see, like I think Michael has a legit reason for being mad on this one. I mean, he fucking got scorched a little bit down in that basement. So like, well, I mean, he's, he's been really shot fucking... six
4: times. He's he's been burnt. He was. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of shit that's happened to he him. But,
3: yeah, it's like I kind of get being more pissed off this round because like you got
4: burned up down in the basement so from a Like, did he take that out of... on the firefighters? Yeah. I mean, like, who he's killing <laughs> well, innocent he's... people in vicious, like, over the top anger? Mm-hmm. You know, just doesn't like that doesn't. I, I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you. Like, that's probably was their intentional motivation, whatever it was. But it, as a, for me as a viewer and thinking about psychology and the way people work, and I know that he's you know. Uh, an outlier because there's probably nobody in existence that's feeling whatever Michael feels and all that kind of crap, but I just, it just feels like we're supposed to be able to relate. We're supposed to be able to understand it to some extent. And so I, I just don't. I, I just don't understand. But see, there's
3: part of me that also, like, I have always viewed, you know, viewed Michael as being like, nihilism at its purest. Like, you don't feel sympathy or empathy for him. You, like, like you said, there's, like, no character liking because he is a lack of I mean, I if it was
4: nihilism, know. wouldn't he just be sitting in a room, like, stabbing himself?
3: Like... Well, not necessarily, but he also <laughs> probably wouldn't, he wouldn't be killing anyone else either, though. Like, it would be pointless to kill anyone else, because, like, whatever. But I just kind of see him as, like, a vessel of, like, non-humanity.
4: I'm definitely... Like, whatever... Yeah, I'm definitely... Then he should have killed the baby, man. It's
3: like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go right back to
4: that I'm fucking saying. baby. <laughs> um Say what you want. Say what you want about Rob Zombie, but he fucking gave the Absolutely. reason. He gave maybe uh-huh. every cliche reason under the sun, but it's there, yeah. and, like, the motivation is definitely yeah.
3: there. The first half of Zombie's movie is a psychology case study, you know what yeah. I mean? Like,
4: yeah.
0: Like,
3: the first half of the movie is, like, really, you know, you could argue all you want about demystifying – and so, even with this, it's like, there's still people that's like, this is the worst Halloween I've ever seen. I'm like, well, clearly you don't love the fucking Wait movie. a
2: minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's like laughs> let's, awesome. a few? let's stop on that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's pause on that yeah. for a bit. We then get a Lori monologue about how Michael is fear and evil personified, and we see him once again rise and take out the mob, including Tommy <laughs> in a weird rotating shot, uh, <laughs> one by one. So, what, he's Captain America Super Soldier-like? <laughs> what's going on yeah, here cause they,
3: like, they like fuck him up like that's what I mean, yeah like, at that point like that to me is like this michael myers is crossing into supernatural because like that dude gets shot like fucking 15 times yes. right there in that little moment so it's like can you survive like a shot yeah i'll let it i'll i'll yeah sure i'll buy it okay he gets his hand blown off with a shotgun i'll buy it he gets stabbed a couple times i'll buy it but to be fucking just straight up like, gangland style murdered on fucking Elm Street or wherever street you <laughs> Like, just, like, that's like a fucking Tupac video that happened right there, you know? Like, that shit, that dude isn't coming back from that. Like, you don't come back from that. There's too many I mean, holes
4: yeah, in his body, yeah, like, yeah, this shit can't like, possibly work anymore. He's
3: like 74, so it's
2: like yeah. he's a lot more frail than he used to be
4: you got this age fetish, man. Like, I'm, I, I'm he's up, man. pure evil. <laughs> I get
2: what they're going for here. I really do. He's evil. Okay. He's unbeatable. He's unkillable. He's the boogeyman. He's, he's he just tonight. evil personified. By the way, we hear that about 40 times in this. Evil dies tonight. I don't know. Yeah, if you take yeah. a shot every time you say that, then you'll probably be dead by the okay. end the time this movie's over. Um, but it it's it just it, in the confines of this movie – and the confines of what they built in that first movie, it doesn't work because now, like, okay, he's unstoppable. Even when you shoot him and stab him a hundred times, like, this doesn't make any sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, a, no, cross, they, it's a crossover in the supernatural. Like, yes.
2: you
0: don't, yeah, you can't fucking shoot
3: someone like, and they get up.
0: Yeah,
4: it it seems like they tried so hard to retcon the the sequels, the original sequels. Mm-hmm. And make him not supernatural. Make him human. Make him have a, a not relational, you know, connection to Lori, and not have all of these like uh, the Thorn storylines and all that kind of shit. Like they made, they <laughs> I made. Knew you'd take it and take it. Yeah, because But then they do it. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like they, they, they're like, he's human. He's human. He can be stopped. And then, oh, never mind, because we didn't know what to do. So he's not human. He can't be stopped. It's, I, I, I pick take a fucking speed, I know you know?
3: Maybe, just maybe, he grabbed a bulletproof vest off one of those cops he killed in 2018.
4: <laughs> Could be. Maybe he's still got, I don't know, the firefighters, do they wear, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? I, I don't
3: know. I don't know if in a small town they wear bulletproof vests. I know in some <laughs> statue areas they do.
2: We end things by seeing Lori in the window and Michael killing Karen. And, um... Uh, is this supposed to be a dream was, sequence? Is this?
4: I don't think it was a dream sequence. How did, she, how did he appear behind really her?
2: Like was he there? Like, I'm so confused at this point. Well, we yeah, see her kid I, up.
4: You know, yeah. maybe he came in the back. Who the fuck knows how he got in there? He, Michael does mysterious things.
2: Yeah, the
3: entirety um, of that sequence just is confusing yeah, to me. Like the execution of it. Like the whole sequence just feels very, very like fisted and like mm-hmm. really like we talk about poor direction. This. All of that final sequence with the mob getting slayed by Michael and everything with Karen just feels so rushed, so unbalanced, and so choppy. Yes. Like, all of it all of it feels like it really has no clarity, like you have no idea really what's happening or why, and you're supposed to just be like, oh, okay, sure, you got shot 15 times, you got up, slaughtered fucking 30 people, whatever.
4: Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's uh, that they shot so much and, like, it's a four-hour movie, and what's his name green he couldn't uh he couldn't decide what to keep or not keep and wanted to keep it all so it's so choppy and like that's a good point (laughs) fucked up yeah yeah i I mean that that could be a reason uh you know because it's like i don't think anybody thinks so compartmentalized that they can't string together a basic sequence and that was like a basic sequence that they fucking missed well, that whole,
3: the whole sequence of the mob and the whole sequence of Karen were almost entirely, like, close-up and insert shots. Like, mm-hmm.
4: yeah,
0: yeah, it's weird, there's,
3: there's, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, master coverage. And, I mean, it's like, you know the guy does that. Like, you know anyone does it. So it's weird mm-hmm. to just tell that in that sense and not have it told in a more, like, elegant way. Like, I mean, strange way to phrase it, but a more, like, lyrical sort of editing. Because it's like, if you're going to kill a major character like that, Give her some, like, respect. Give her some, like, gra- you know, gravitas no, at the end.
4: I'm totally fine with her just, like, being taken out because I didn't like – I don't like her. You
3: know, what a shame because, <laughs> yeah. like, personally, I love Judy Greer. I love yeah. Judy Greer. I think she's a brilliant actress. But this is kind of reminds me of, like, it's – of, like, Tony Collette and David Keckman and Krumpus where it's, like, you can't take them seriously. Like, you know, I think Tony Collette's a brilliant actress. And when she's in a scary film, she's fucking great. But when she's funny, she's fucking hilarious. But navigating tone, it's like it's so hard to mm-hmm. take either of those characters, those actors seriously. Yeah
0: in
3: a, movie I mean, she, with a she's, lot of humor.
4: She's good for comedies and whatnot, but it's just yeah, I guess tone is just it's
3: she's just a not, great she's a great dramatic actress too, but she just doesn't wow. fit well in this movie. We've, I mean,
4: we've
2: covered her a lot on this show and you guys are yeah. saying the exact argument that I've been saying for the past year and a half is that her tonally she's just way off. You know, I, yeah. I I like her in some things, but most things I don't like. We covered Carrie earlier this year, and I said the same thing there. Like you talk about miscasting, you know. I doubt yeah. I doubt the chick can do a fucking push up, and here she is playing a fucking PE teacher to these fucking schoolgirls and trying to bully them around. It was just <laughs> she's she's just weird. And I thought it was an interesting bit of casting to cast her as Lori's daughter, but I don't like the way she comes off in these movies. I don't. Yeah. No, it's
3: like her entire and you you know. It's like the Christmas sweater thing. Like that yeah. kind of a funny oh God. choice. Yes. It's a funny choice, but it's like, I think it summarizes exactly like the issues I have with some of the stuff that happens in this. It's, there's a lot of like ironic choices going on. And I think that's the thing about 78. That's not translating with these new ones. Or honestly, really any of them is like, but with the modern sense, there's so much more iron- like, ironic sensibility to a lot of like things that are made today, and I think there's a lot of that in these films. Mm-hmm. Whereas '78 had such a like sense, like not sentimental in a cheesy way, but like you definitely like it was more like you know there's much of more of an earnest aspect to it, where it's like none of the characters are really like making a statement about anything.
4: I just think that the original is like it's just it's a movie of it's a product of its time. It, there were just mm-hmm. people in that time, and he's just showing a movie almost like a documentary in a way. Yeah, these movies, yeah. everybody's just trying too hard to be fucking clever. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it's like the popular kids in high school making a movie. Like, and it, it's not going to translate to everybody. It doesn't make but, sense, it's definitely not going to hold up to something that's more natural, like that's meant but to unfortunately, be
3: naturally. Though, when you say that, that in itself is a product of our time.
4: Maybe. well yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely but it, it's one that's not gonna hold it's like almost like uh 70s movies in general like they don't hold up and you know they they look like 70s movies kind of thing or whatever you like pick any sort of like thing like that um yeah,
0: yeah, it's, it's 50 now.
4: years from now somebody's gonna watch this and be like wow that's that's a load of crap mm. you know people made movies like that yeah. that's weird <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what that's how it's gonna be Evil dies tonight. What the fuck? <laughs> Why do they keep saying this? Say <laughs> "Evil dies tonight" five times in the mirror, and you see Michael Myers. That's another it's movie, be like Jason. A telephone game, That's another movie. Right? <laughs> Maybe we'll cover that.
2: Credits firstfully end on an hour and forty-five minute movie that really should have been an hour and a half at most. Scale oh, of one to ten. Yeah, this movie like, yeah. felt long to me. <laughs> they
3: did In like every single bit of the mod. I feel like the mob scene could have been cut by 10 minutes It yes. wouldn't have
2: affected the game uh-huh. thing. Scale of one to 10 What do we give Halloween kills Wow I was expecting more fighting on this podcast I'm not sure if I'm liking this <laughs> agreeing thing But let's see where our scores land uh, Doug you go ahead and go first I uh, five 5.5 five, five, five. Five? That's five. I
4: thought you were saying 55 That's Six, what I five, thought five? you were saying
2: 5.5 <laughs> <laughs> five, huh So you gave it a little better than a middle middling score.
4: He had to, he had to.
2: What, why, what worked about this? We've, we've been, we've been bashing it for an hour and 45 minutes. What worked about
3: this? Let's, let's see the stuff I like. I, little John, big John. I love the setup of the Myers house. Like there's a lot of stuff there that's like, real fresh and interesting, and, like, you, you do care about those characters. Like, they do get something, but, yeah, it does go off track eventually. I um, actually do you think the kills and effects are great. I do, you know, even if they are brutal and, like, do feel excessive at times, I think the execution's good in the sense I think they get Michael good. Um, one of the things that I also, like, really do like, and I, I have to say, like, from a pure design point of view, the burn mask might be one of the scariest versions of this yes. mask, in my opinion. Mm. Because, like, there's definitely, like, the moment when he's first in the house with the drone couple, he, like, turns and you see it. it's like it almost like it adds more, like, darkness to the mask than what used to be there. And it's like, but it doesn't feel in a way that, uh, you know, it feels like they're trying to make it look cool or whatever. It's like it feels natural because it should be. And, it, you know, to me, I think it just gives it, like, some dimension that it didn't have before. So I think, really, like, the way they did Michael this go around is good. I also noticed that he doctored up his hand at some point with some bandages for his missing fingers. <laughs> um, let's see, what else did I like? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of, like, the shit, like the Dr. Sarkand shit that's clumsy. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I just really had issues with, but then there's stuff that I enjoyed. I think Carpenter's score is fucking fantastic. I think it's well-photographed, of course. I think there's a lot of really cool design work in it. Um, On a technical, you know, sense, I think it's a well-put-together movie. I just think that, you know, from a story point of view, and now story and editing I feel like are very lackluster, and a lot of the direction feels hodgepodge. I'm talking about production design, set design, costume design when I talk about
4: people. I, I, I used to respect you.
3: <laughs> and bring down
2: the artist. Like,
4: dude, I'm like, just kidding. I'm you know? totally kidding. All right. like, dude, like, the actual
2: design's good. <laughs> five point five from Doug. And, man, that was a that was a hell of a case for a five score, sir. Uh, was. <laughs> Jason, what about you? It's
4: like... Um, before I get my score, I do want to go back to the Big John, Little John. I don't know why that that scene fucking resonates. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> <It's> so <silly. laughs> Which one is Big John and which one's Little John?
3: I think Big John's the little guy, and then. Big okay, that's
4: the what I was saying. Guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. So when, when when they think somebody's in the house and he starts taking off his rings and shit, I was really yeah. fucking excited. I was like, "Oh my god, this dude's a badass!" And we're just like, you know, they, they they're totally flipping this on its head, you know, and he's gonna go kick some yeah. ass, and it didn't happen. Really?
3: Well, if he did he went and got a knife. He wasn't fucking chicken shit about it. Yeah, but I, I did love He that so easy. I did, well, I mean, he's still fucking, like, booking a man up and went and fucked with it. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, like, chicken shit enough. Yeah, I, was, I
4: guess. I, did I guess love he was in, brave.
3: And another case of McBride writings, when he's out there talking to the kids about how Michael stabbed his sister in the titties, I felt like it was, like, the most dating McBride. Yeah. Like, right, that whole... No. I feel like he just wrote the, all of those characters in that whole sequence.
4: So, okay, um, I I wish I knew what I gave 2018, because this one has to be below it. So if anybody listens <laughs> to other episodes in this uh, series, and I did not rate this lower than 2018, whatever my score is goes at least one point below it, okay? Just want to say that out front.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> at least one point, but go ahead and take three points if you want. Yeah, um, that's
3: a non-answer.
4: <laughs> my score for this is a three like yeah i i thought this was a really bad movie the only saving grace of this movie is the little easter eggs uh the callbacks to the other stuff not because they put them in there just because they were cool like to see in a bad movie at least there was something that i i was like oh that's cool oh it's a halloween three mask oh awesome oh look at the bullet hole in the window that's like from you know what i mean like those those were just fun to me because i just the rest of the movie wasn't any good and i had to agree with my daughter when she was like why does every why are the actors so bad in this movie and like the writing is just terrible to me there's 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 just so much that's that's wrong in my eyes um and and i hate saying that cuz i don't like you know i know Doug you really respect the director and this whole team and i get that oh.
3: I don't think it's his best movie by any mile. No, no, but still,
4: I mean, like, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes a bad movie or a good movie or whatever, and I get that. But I I feel like 2018 is head and shoulders above this movie. Um, And I didn't really like that one that I recall. Don't ask Eric, because he seems to think I liked it. Uh, Maybe I did, and that was an alternate version of me. I don't remember. (laughs) But I have seen in my brain, I've made myself not like it, so let's go with that. (laughs) Uh, It was superior to this film. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, there's just so many, cho- there's so much choppiness. It feels like it's directed by three different people. The editing is all over the map. I really fucking hate what they did with Danny, Anthony, Michael Hall. Um, I was excited that he was in this. And then like, it was just like after the first scene, I'm like, Oh fuck man, that poor dude. Like they, <laughs> he deserves they a fucking,
0: chaining, I was like, yeah, this is a bunch yeah of man,
4: there. They, he deserves a phone call. Um, and, and, Everybody else too. Laurie Strode, not even fucking being in the movie, and there's so many things. Will Patton is—he was great. He was—he was the shining star of the fucking thing, acting wise, even though he had very little to do. Um, I just, yeah, there wasn't. I, this would make a really fucking good music video, uh, because the score is amazing, and that's about it for me. Like, this is there's like no story here. It doesn't. I could care less. If his whole reasoning is because he wants to get home, uh, okay. I mean, it's just silly to me, the whole fucking movie. Yeah, three at best, and that's all. Yeah, that's the Can score. Change,
3: is it silly to change my <laughs> score to five? <laughs> no. Ah! No, it's
2: not. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not. Let's do it. Doug gives it a five. Please, I'm going to go
3: shave half, let's shave half a point off. All right. Cause like, at the end of the day, Jason, before we, like, we close with Garrett's views, I want you to go look in the mirror. And I want you to say to yourself, this is to help you sleep tonight. <laughs> I want you to look in the mirror and repeat to yourself three times, at least it wasn't
2: resurrection. <laughs> I don't know if I, I think I would have preferred to watch Resurrection than to watch this movie, honestly. Uh-oh. I fun. Resurrection I it. has <laughs> it has its bad points, don't get me wrong. But this one I just had a tough time getting through, guys. Let's keep in mind that it took three people. To write this movie Three Yes yes. And I had Major problems With a lot of this And I went with somebody Who is Not a horror aficionado Like she My girlfriend does not Does not like horror films at all It gives her They give her anxiety and the longer this movie went along, I'm like, God, I should have just taken her to the fucking last duel. Jesus Christ, <laughs> what am I doing <laughs> here? I saw
4: it last night. It was way better. Oh, my God. Uh, really? I, I'd rather
3: go see this than, like, any Ridley Scott movie for the last 20 years.
4: I didn't even know Ridley Scott directed that fucking thing. Yeah. And it came on the, like, his scott freeware came i'm like oh shit yeah i, <laughs> I, I anyway, told my wife she's like what's wrong it's like a ridley scott she's like who's that I'm like, never mind
2: <laughs> <laughs> you married someone who like, didn't well, know who Ridley scott like, is
4: um well she she just doesn't know the name you know I, kind of like,
2: whatever this movie just had so many problems man and i was not a huge fan of that 2018 movie either but i thought for sure coming into this they could have changed things because let's 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 face it i mean they had thing. They had room to grow after that last movie, and they didn't do anything but repress. Like this movie mm-hmm. is all over the goddamn map. The acting's bad. The writing, my God, Danny McBride, really like this was exactly what I was afraid of when I heard the guy was going to write these Halloween movies. Is you know, he hit it decently in that last film. As you guys mentioned, the one kid being babysat in that last film is the only time where it, it's really apparent. Here, we were talking after the movie, like it's so apparent, his his writing in this movie. I'm going to go right I... between you guys. I want to give it a four because I do think for those who like Splatter and for those who like good horror kills, there are some really good deaths in this, really nicely done, gory shots. And I'm, I'm with Doug on the art direction. Like I think the art direction, the music, the mood – for the most part, is pretty good. But Anthony Michael Hall, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, my God, she spent the majority of this movie asleep in bed, and I wish I had made the same uh, decision. So, yeah, yeah. four yeah. out of ten.
4: And, and laying on her side after having those women. Like, that killed me. I'm like, even yeah. I bet you Jamie Lee Curtis is like, no, David. That's his name, right? David, yeah. the director. yeah, yeah. I, 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 Why would I be laying on my side? I was stabbed there. I know. I, I, oh. Like my guts are falling out. Why would I do you know what I mean? I can figure I just feel like there was a fucking argument yes. in that room. Yeah. <laughs> about
2: yeah, I caught that as well. All right, guys, before we go, let's just say we have one more of these coming out because this thing has made almost sixty million dollars, which is again, just astounds me. Is there a place they can take this series, this trilogy of films, and you actually coming out satisfied?
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, Laurie Strode wakes up from a nightmare. There you go. <laughs> just, just her head wakes up from H2O. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like this whole, these two movies are just like, you know, her, her uh, what is that, Owl Creek uh, short film? Like the whole thing is just a, a vision in her head as her head's getting cut off in H2O. So that, that would make it better.
3: Her head, now she, what's it? now Resurrection, she falls on the fucking thing down at the bottom.
4: Wasn't David. it? I thought she got her head cut off. I don't know. And no, then obviously she, they're alluding she, to that.
3: She cut Michael's head off.
4: Oh, was it? Okay, that's how then you find much, out much like for- it was a
3: fake Michael because somehow he'd fucking do that. I don't fucking know what. Anyways.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That was the thing in this movie. They keep, they, she has that whole speech about, uh, cutting his head off or cutting my head off and that's when it'll land or some bullshit like that. I'm like, I'm assuming that's what we're going to end up with in Halloween. Ending. Oh, 100%.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you got it. I feel like they want to put the stake down that that's it's headed. But uh, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, great man, I honestly, like, it's a pretty blank slate. I really, really, like, I don't know why there's that part of me that always just like, I hold out hope. I'm like, maybe this will be the one that knocks my socks off. Maybe this would be the one that I go on, and it's like front to back, it's a fucking perfect movie. Hey and then you, you just, just
4: p- gotta go, you gotta go back and watch Halloween Six. That's all there is. Oh Jesus!
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> You'll be impressed. Oh, man. There's a whole
3: tangent. I'll, I'll like I'll later. I'll fucking tell you like something I heard <laughs> about today and all that. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. Like as far as I want, I would love to see. Like I would love to see jimmy lee curtis get her just desserts for this i would love to see her capitalize on the 2018 momentum and fucking pick up sticks and make like just one badass like heroin movie if if 2018 were alien i want 20 you know whatever you know the halloween ends to be the
2: aliens like that moment she picks up whoa. and she's whoa. whoa man Boy that's that's some weird math right there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) Aliens (laughs) aliens
3: Yeah. Maybe maybe they could go
4: like the scream route or something where Jamie Lee Curtis like her character capitalizes on it and she becomes like this uh, mogul. She's Selling, like, Michael Myers dolls and doing all these, like, uh, maybe she's an Instagram star, you know. But, something like that. She's making a shitload. Of- yeah.
0: <laughs> that Jason would it's been 40 years for her and she
3: had not <laughs> done that. I don't think this <laughs> is going start now. That
4: would resonate with the 2022 20, audience, though, right? I mean, that would work. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's She's an influencer there, now, right? By the way, speaking of Scream, anyone
2: else get the Scream trailer before this? I thought it looked kind of decent. Yeah, I got that.
3: I, 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 too. I saw it. I get sent to me. I haven't watched it because I'm kind of like nervous about watching it. Right. I don't know if I want to. Is it is it mostly just an atmosphere thing or is it like... that? Um, no, it I'm looks pretty really good actually. Pretty
2: it looked pretty good. I was impressed. Yeah, it, looks like, it looks like
4: they're going to do it
2: right. I like Radio Silence. I think those guys like
3: everything they've done except that uh, Possession maybe The Devil maybe they did. Oh yeah. Devil's do. Yeah. I didn't care for that. but like all their shorts and uh, Ready or Not. I like all of those. So... I'm excited to see what they do with it.
2: All right. That does it for Halloween. It was, Go ahead. Go ahead, Jason.
4: No, no. I, just, I didn't know that who made them. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing. So I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 you just dampered my... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the trailer. Okay. That does <laughs> no, it. No, right now. It was okay. That, it
2: was, <laughs> that does it for Halloween Kills. Man, I was expecting more of an argumentative podcast, but Lord knows... We get enough of those when the three of us get together. It's always nice getting together, though, once every three years. Hey, if we could do it this way, let's let's make it happen. And uh, what's is this supposed to come out next year? So I guess the three of us are getting back together next year to review that one. Right, boys? Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. When, that's when our Halloween series
2: comes to an end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they but say. I
3: wasn't
2: a very good trailer, boys. So <laughs> yeah. I, know. I mean, Michael's, so Michael's going to live forever. Until next week. Evil
4: must die next year. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Until next week when I'm not going to say what we're going to put together. I'm not going to say what I'm posting next week, but it'll be something very special for Halloween. Uh, it's Halloween night. Everyone's entitled to one good podcast. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: I met him 15 years ago, I I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of of good or evil,
2: right or wrong. Dr. Loomis, please listen to me,
0: there's a file on Michael Myers that nobody knew about. I've seen everything. No, it was hidden, sealed by the court after his parents were killed. Now, after the governor heard what happened tonight, he authorized Dr. Rogers to open it. What file? It isn't fair. They should have allowed you to examine everything. That girl, that Strode girl, that's Michael Meyer's sister.
1: picking up just thinking about him Just me the willies A decade ago halloween night he murdered 16 people maybe more trying to get to his sister
0: nearly got it too Uncle Buggy Man. Let me see.
1: That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. Michael Myers is dead. It's not her fault. Michael, it's my fault. I failed you. You know what, if I hear that fucking phrase one more fucking time, I mean, she just fucking sits there in her fucking leather chair and judges me like she's fucking God. It's her job, Lori. My God, what am I supposed to say? (laughs) Boo fucking who for you.
4: See? You don't fucking care.
2: Right. I don't fucking care. I don't understand.
3: Everyone in my family, like, turns into a nutcase this time of year.
0: Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Laurie Strode.
1: channel, the third channel, it's still running, stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it, there's no more time, you've got to, s- please, stop it, stop it now, turn it off, turn it off,
0: stop it, 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 stop it!
1: You've been listening to the Binge Media Podcast Network at BingeMedia.net. Support the show by donating on Patreon at Patreon.com slash BingeMedia. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And don't forget... Shut up!
3: I'm waiting.